0: Welcome to the Founder to Mentor podcast. My name is Mike Fada. I'm an entrepreneur with multiple nine-figure exits and a passion for health and mentorship. Join me on the journey where I connect with world-class founder mentors to inspire your personal and professional growth. Let's jump into it. We're going to uh, invite some folks up on stage. If you have a question for uh, for Greg, um, put your hand up and we'll call you up. You can... uh, introduce yourself and uh, and your company and ask your question just ask you to keep it to uh, to under 60 seconds so that we uh, you get some flow and get as many people uh, talking as possible and and greg can add some uh, some value so um, that's how we'll handle things and we'll start inviting some people up uh and i'd say also for uh, we may have some other uh, mods come on stage that just help the uh, the flow because it is a party it's a uh it's a Lily's party for today. It has to be Greg because you you guys announced a um, what I believe is even though it's very secretive because you know you don't always want to share but a massive sale to Hershey. Um, so it's got to be a party and uh, and also you know I think I, I still have a fun over for you on on noon that just happened last week uh, to Nestle. So um, maybe we'll have some of our other friends up. But uh, Jason, uh, welcome. Um, do you, uh, you want to introduce yourself and do you got a question?
1: I Thank you. First, I wanted to say, Mike, I, I didn't realize that that was your hemp hearts. Uh, they powered me through several century rides in Colorado. Uh, so, Nice. Thank you for that. Nice. And thank Greg, you. Your donuts are awesome. We, we, The family plowed through the whole box. So I got to order some more and I'm getting some for the team, too, because, you know, we're all struggling with weight and we're not willing to give up donuts. So thank you for that. Oh, my gosh. And Jolene, I got your honey and it's also awesome. And my dogs also like it. We've been diluting a little bit in their water. Uh, so thank you, guys. I I am not a natural product founder, but I support a lot of you guys. I love a lot of what you're doing, and uh, I've been very fortunate to be connected to a lot of powerful events and people, chefs, uh, businesses, investors. If there's any way I can connect any of you to support your natural product, uh, please go ahead and DM me. That's that's my offer, and that's all I'd say. Thank you.
0: Appreciate that, Jason. Thanks. Well, hello, Jolene. How are you today?
2: I'm good. Thank you. Um, First of all, I want to say congratulations, Greg. I'm super excited for you and Lily and also Noon. I don't think I told you that a couple weeks ago. And um, Mike, I want to say thank you because um, most of us who follow the Founders Helping Founders never really get to hear Greg talk this much. So it's really exciting to to let him just go on and on and on and, and talk. Greg, thank you.
0: He likes to go on and on and on. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no,
3: talks that
0: much. No, we got to put the well, gems out there for everybody. So yeah, I agree.
3: I don't. Uh, I only like to say stuff that I think is important to say, not just to hear myself talk. Even this much talking is making my head hurt. But thank you, Jolene.
2: Well, I appreciate it, and I'm. I wanted to ask. Um, I wanted to ask one if you could uh, tell us where you, what you see, uh, as, and maybe you touched on it, but like, what do you, do you, really think that weight management, um, you know, uh, foods, CPG foods, what do you see trending? What do you see coming in the next year or two? And, um, on a marketing side, um, considering email communications for natural products and brands, what's a good mix between sharing information and education versus selling offers and coupons? That's my question.
3: Oh my God, Those are genius questions, by the way. The, uh, Well, I would say a a few things, and this is just my point of view. Like there's so many trend studies that are out there right now. And so for me, that's just my putting them in my own mix master and coming out with a point of view. So I think weight management, mental health is important, but also that idea of immunity. You know, food as medicine is really important. You know, certainly we learned out of the pandemic. I think it has educated people on the urgency of taking care of their bodies We've got 110 million people in the U S that are diabetic or pre-diabetic type two. And then, uh, you've got Harkin, you know, so you have all of these things happening and the cost of healthcare is going up. And so people have the opportunity with the advancement in health food to uh, improve their overall wellness. So, uh, and particularly when it comes to immunity, so immunity, weight management and then mental health are, are what I would think are going to be the, the categories to play in over the next three, five years. And you're in a great spot, Jolene.
4: Yay.
2: Yay. Um, and then, and then my, and I think everybody would love to hear this, but consider, you know, you talked a little bit about email marketing or, or digital marketing or direct to consumer. Like what's the best way for natural consumer products um, um natural product brands, I guess, uh, to find a good mix between sharing information and education versus selling offers and coupons?
3: Like I would think about Apple is the best case study. They never discount, right? And it was because they took something so complex and turned it into an inspiring tagline that said all it needed to say. So think about, you ever saw that Steve Jobs movie based on the book by Walter Isaacson, where he said, uh, I'm going to put 5,000 songs in your pocket. And that was the iPod, right? So, I don't know that you want to get... It's been studies have shown if you go deep on the education or you offer coupons or you're doing them together, that's not the proper way to brand build. It's getting to something that's a sync line that resonates with consumers and it's not something like any other competitor in the marketplace. So, that's why there's some of these new copywriters and uh, agencies like Ryan Reynolds opened up his new agency after he sold Aviation Gin. Like, they do that for a living. They come up with the best lines for brands. And you, that might be something, Jolene, you should take a look at because you have a complicated message in a hyper-congested category. And you want to distill it down to why is, uh, you know, what you're doing different and better than everything else that's out there.
2: Thanks, Greg. I appreciate it, and I, I also want to take a minute to say thanks for um, the Dropbox Toolbox Love Box, whatever you guys decided to call it. Um, I think I was early in on that, and I really appreciate it. And Mike, thanks for the email. I appreciate that too. Thank you so much.
0: You're welcome. Yeah, it's uh, it's well. Greg said it, so you know, I, I don't know how I went first, but Fata and Fleischman's, you know, could be a, a new CPG brand, but right now it's a a free tool to help all of our friends in the industry become their better selves and their business to uh, make this world a healthier place so appreciate it jolene christopher how are you my friend
5: hey good evening you guys are both truly menches and it's great to have this experience of connecting with you guys as much as we've been able to through clubhouse so thank you for all the wonderful work and sharing that you guys are offering into the community
0: who would have thought, eh? You, we, would, you, we would have had to like, wait to meet at a trade show like a couple times a year or pick up the phone or whatever. And now we're like, we could just push the button and clubhousing and we're all together. So That's, what a, that's what right, on Un-
5: tap. Absolutely. So Greg, I, and, and hello Jolene and hello Paris. Um, so I, I have two questions for you. It's a two-part question. The first question is, what were you doing before you got into this industry? What inspired you? to get into the industry. And the other part is, who was your biggest mentor? And what was it that was that biggest aha moment with them? I'm digging deep. You're
3: digging deep. <laughs> I, I was in the music industry before I got into natural products. But I, you know, um, so a couple of things on that. One is I grew up in a household that was pretty deep and natural foodie. Like my mom, like a treat was... A brand fig Newton, so with tons of fiber in it. So I grew up in that kind of household. And then I went into the music industry and I was visiting my brother and we were backstage at a concert and I was doing tour management and then was going to go on to a music label. And he was like, Look at all these people that are 40, diverse, they hate their lives. Is this what you want for yourself? And it got me thinking. And then so I, uh, you know, between the gigs that were happening in San Diego, I, Went and met with the people that started Kashi, met them on a Thursday, and then talked to my brother. I was like, okay, I'm going to give it up. And I started on a Monday, and then I worked there for 10 years. You know, and six of those were private, and then we sold to Kellogg's, and, then I, and I continued on after that. Uh, but I was like, thank God, my brother, like, talked some sense into me. And then, uh, so that's how I got into natural products to begin with. And uh, that was so long ago, but I loved the ride ever since. In terms of mentors, so my best mentor was is my closest friend right now um, and business partner, Andy Ossie, who we met together. He's a few years older than me. We met together at Kashi, and he checks all the boxes. I trust him with my life. He is a genius. He has a huge EQ, you know, and he knows uh, he just he – just, there's that truth to power kind of thing. So when you build up that trust, and then he comes from the industry himself, so he already knows before I'm done explaining some issue that I need help with. And then, and then like I said, he's – so if I was looking for a mentor right now, and I do, and, and even, even Arlene Dickinson has become a mentor of mine now, is strong EQ, seasoned ground is, is really important. And then they've got the time to invest in mentoring you. So –
5: uh, those are my three. I hope that answers it, Doc. Yeah, thank you guys so much. It's awesome, Greg. And um, so I'm I'm looking forward to the uh, Fada and Fleischman uh, family office. I already see the plaque on the wall. So A and stars and, and swag. swag. There you go.
0: I just got the. I'm wearing the t-shirt right now, but you can't. That's one of the you know the wonders of clubhouse. You can't see it, but uh, it's there. <laughs> it's there. Hey, Carla. I. Uh, I invited up two parts, a couple things because Greg was, you know, poking fun and doing a little ribbing also because you're a co-founder of Venture Park and we're promoting the uh, the club for everyone that doesn't know about Venture Park, but um, you want to just hang out or do you have a question for Greg? And if so, can you drill him a little bit?
1: Oh,
6: I have a question. I have a few questions actually for Greg. Um, No, actually, thank you. Thank you for inviting me up. And this has been great. This has really been great. I think that Greg has spoken more cumulatively tonight than he has the entire time he's been on Clubhouse. He's a man of few words, but those words are powerful. So um, this has been fantastic. I, I do have a couple of questions. One is um, what regulations you see coming, uh, you know, sort of down that may impact the space Um and also just any trends that you see softening, like keto, for example, or anything else. I'd love your thoughts on that, Greg.
3: Those are good questions. On the, uh, on, and for those who don't know, Carla is uh, uh, founder and managing director of Dinabrand's uh, an investment firm. It's been so great getting to know her over, who we met on Clubhouse over the last months. I'm such a fan. She is an inspiration to all of us. So on the regulatory side, well, we know there's a lot of activity in CBD, Right And then there is, uh, I think that's the gear up for the, uh, the mushroom and the psychedelics and all the other stuff around that. There, uh, there's uh, some regulation coming around related to sweeteners and then and what you can claim. And then those are the two big ones. I've, I'm sure Dr has Dr. Christopher has, has more insight into the regulatory stuff, which I won't bore anybody. In terms of the, the trend softening, the, the keto, so all the analytics, and we've even done our research, it doesn't look like it's slowing down. There's such a desperation right now for people to get their weight under control. So I don't see that softening. We do see some of the trends that got built up about, like, home eating. That seems to be rapidly declining. As the world opens up, people are tired of, uh, of uh, you know, meal preparation nonstop. So that trend seems to really be... Softening up. Those are the two biggest ones. Great. Thank you. You you. you stumped me a little bit, Carla.
6: No, those are great answers. Thank you. I don't know, Mike, anything to add there? Or, or, um, doctor, you know, I'd love to know what you guys are just seeing on that, especially on the uh, regulatory side. I'm kind of curious when you think some of these things will, uh, you know, open up more broadly for the CBD products and you know, what, uh, what your thoughts are there on timing.
0: Yeah. I'm happy to, uh, to weigh in. I mean, um, the three, three things I'm involved in all kind of have a regulatory twist being, uh, hemp and, um, and mushrooms, um, uh, and also, you know, plant-based, uh, plant-based protein, plant-based meats and stuff. And so, you know, CBD, I think it's a, it's a challenging one. Um, um, you know, Mantua Harvest uh, lobbied for three years to get grass certification on hemp parts and, and protein and oil. Um, and it didn't happen until the day after uh, the U.S. legalized the Farm Bill and legalized hemp. Um, but that CBD application has been in now for um, almost two years. Um, and th- it was a dossier with, um, um, you know, th- hundreds, uh, I think actually thousands in the, in the early thousands of, of, uh, peer-reviewed uh, safety and efficacy data on on cannabinoids and CBD. Um, I think it's just a really tough one for uh, politically for for the FDA. And, um, you know, 23 years ago when we got hemp legal in Canada, we said, oh, just two or three years it'll be legal in the U.S. And, and it took 20 years. Um, and I kind of feel like, oh, and just in two or three years from now, CBD is going to be legal by the FDA and it's going to be grass-certified um, and it could happen before that, you know, miracles do happen, but it, it literally could be another 20 years. Um, and, and that's the, it's a big challenge. Um, at the same time, you know, mushrooms and Greg touched on it there. Uh, you know, I've been a big fan of functional mushrooms for, for for a while now, for the last like three or four years, uh, being involved with OM mushrooms. Um, but now, I'm also involved in, in psychedelic mushrooms, which are are uh, legal for research in Canada and the U.S. Uh, most of the firms are in Canada. There's like 25 publicly traded companies that are that are researching uh, uh, psilocybin mushroom for as a as a medicine, uh, you know, as an antidepressive and and things that um, uh, um, you know really could be game changers to uh, to, to pharma. Uh, and so I, I'm hopeful the Canadian government uh, in a few months ago in late December, early January gave the first license for, um, some, uh, terminally ill patients to, to take psilocybin, uh, at their end of life because, uh, you know, it's been proven or it's been shown, um, to, um, for people to, um, you know, not fear death and, and, and welcome kind of end of life, especially if they're terminally ill. Hopefully that, that transitions into a medical, uh, license and, and who knows, maybe uh, recreational is going to come uh, like it like it has another, um, you know, in, in cannabis and and, and similar products. Um, and, you know, my last point there, because I did touch on plant based, you know, I think plant based protein, there's still a whole fight on should should, you know, uh, plant based meat and dairy be uh, be able to be even labeled as such. Or are consumers confused? And I think we're probably over that hurdle now, but there's still a. Uh, uh you know state by state or 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 nation by nation there's still work to be done there to make sure that uh you know if consumers want to get their protein from peas and rice and other legumes and stuff that uh, and 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 think about that as their meat or dairy source that they should be able to and uh, and manufacturers should be able to carry that label um and i'm hoping that over the next couple of years that's get that gets a little straighter as well so that'd be my soapbox speech for you carla thanks for asking
6: amazing amazing both of you mike and greg you two are incredible this needs to be like a weekly show with you two
0: um yeah well you know it 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 has been a weekly show over the last like 13 weeks but you know now that there's a venture park club which um is a opportunity for for me to talk about venture park if you're not a part if you're not a member of the club click the little green house at the top because there is going to be you know an arlene dickinson and friends you know greg and i in paris and carla and there's and there's several others that uh, are putting together the Venture Park Club to help entrepreneurs on their, from, from, you know, their pitch to profit, you know, all the way along, you know, helping with, uh, uh, refine their presentation and make investments in companies, um, help them through their growth cycle, even through exit. Uh, we want to make a, we want to be the change that we wish to see in this world. And we're going to use on Clubhouse, the Venture Park Club to, to make that happen. So you may see, Carla... And you may even be part of it, Carla, a show uh, with Greg and I that we can just go back and forth because, uh, um, you know, it's all about dropping those gems and, and inspiring people and, and giving them something that they can write down and, and take action on tomorrow in their business. So, uh, thanks so much. Let's,
3: I got I got a name shrooming with fat and Fleischman.
6: Oh, that's perfect. Like Trademark
3: it. that. And Carla. Oh, I already. Yeah, I, already okay. I, I just. <laughs> I just trademarked no, that, Carla, that and I bought
0: the. I bought the URL, so Greg's got to play, pay me for a, a part of that.
6: Awesome! Money. I love it. I love it. It's great. By the way, Jolene, I got your honey. It's so delicious. That makes me so happy. Thanks, oh, Carla. Oh my gosh, I can see why everybody raves about it.
0: You're going to start telling uh, her, Carla, that she needs single serving packaging to get that message out there even broader, right? Is that because uh, I've heard that? Uh, I've I've well, heard that.
6: Yeah. And also maybe a water product. I don't know, right? It's soluble in water, isn't it?
2: Yes, it is. And my yeah. um, 368 kilo- kilos of honey are going to, uh, into snap packets this week. So, yes, I'm doing it.
5: Brilliant. Oh, that's good. awesome. That's awesome. So nice. And, uh, hey, uh, jo- just real quick, Jolene, I, I recently found, because uh, I was helping some people uh, with the-, the squeeze packs, um like ketchup packs and so forth and i found a biodegradable company that has all the accurate msds so that's something else the machine costs about thirty thousand dollars and you can produce a lot of units per day but yeah and by the way uh carla i just put my algorithm in place i'm looking for the easter egg right now so I i hope to be the first to find it so it's
0: deep in there it's deep in there chris mark welcome how are you
7: Hey, uh, Mike, thanks for bringing me up. And uh, Greg, it was great connecting with you last week. Um, you know, I, I uh, in my mid-20s, I was kind of in the beginning of the the evolution of meal meal plans delivered to your doorstep and built a great company down here in South Florida. Um, sold, sold the majority control to a PE group. Um, you know, I really, I really didn't have all the skills at the time of taking that company from, you know, a $20 million company to 50 and $100 million where I saw it going. But um, like Greg, it's funny, I, I heard you mention it before. I grew up, my mom was a professional golfer. I was uh, eating the, the Fig Newtons with you, man. So um, uh, it's, it's funny to hear, hear you kind of say that. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm in the midst of getting ready to launch a, a CPG, CPG brand myself, a health food company. Um, and kind of putting like the last pieces together. So um, just just wanted to kind of come up here and, and kind of uh, kick some kick some things around with you. I, I kind of filled Greg in on my project and um, wanted to see how uh, you know I could could, could uh, you know collaborate with you guys and kind of talk more about packaging because um, that's that's really where my hang-up is. I'm I'm kind of stuck at the packaging phase. Have have some have some options, but wanted to see if you guys um, potentially had had some good partners um or or good uh affiliates on that side
0: well russell is uh, sitting right beside you and and, uh, and we'll get to him uh, uh mark but do you have a did you have a and he's uh, he, he's uh, all about packaging uh, but did you have a question a specific question or
7: yeah so 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 for me I, i'm a i'm a true true health nut in all sense of the word um personal trainer i believe everything's from the inside out um and as as you guys do obviously following your path I struggle with um, you know the alternative meats because I just you know I, I haven't seen too many brands pull off the full um, you know the, the full flavor profile along with avoiding the soy, which obviously you don't want to be consuming on a daily basis. So I mean you could go down from top to bottom. I, I think corn, you know the company Corn Q U O R N. I know you guys know them. Seems like they've kind of done a good job there. But who who do you feel is the like kind of the, the most well-rounded, from from flavor profiles to you know the ingredient list, being something you'd want your kids eating every day.
0: Greg, do you uh, you want to share your uh, your thoughts? I feel like I'm going to be no. an advertisement, uh, and you know, no. conscious of that.
3: No, you go. You take it.
0: Okay, well, I'd answer it this way, Mark, and I I do chair um, Soul Cuisine, which is the oldest uh, plant-based protein company in Canada that started as Organic Tofu back in the late 1980s and and is now making a full suite and and one of the leaders in in plant-based protein products with a focus on making more gourmet-type products with uh, less ingredients and and just a, a cleaner nutritional profile. Um, but I think I, I always answer that question as, you know, as someone that's went through a, a major um, health change and lifestyle change that uh, the simpler the eating, the better. Um, there's, there's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, eating uh, uh, rice and beans and uh, and getting your nutrition from that uh, uh, or, you know, um, people that choose to, uh, to eat meat and sustainably raised uh, meat and probably everything in between that. So, you know, as it, as it, as it becomes, uh, you know, I think plant-based protein, dairy, uh, and meat and 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 all the alternatives are just going to get more segmented to the consumer's benefit. They're going to be made from, uh, you know, you mentioned soy, and there's a lot that are soy and 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 wheat gluten based. But now, you know, pea and 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 lentil and fava and other pulses, and we're going to see uh, much more than that, uh, uh, and and sold, you know, in different formats. So there could be less ingredients to to have a a more. Uh, plant forward kind of feel. Um, but I think we're living in the time now where, you know, when Greg and I, maybe Greg's a little older than me, but, you know, in the last 20 years ish, when we started in this industry you know there's one or two options in the uh, in the aisle for milk or, or or for for plant-based meat now now it's you know in plant-based milk it's 15 percent of the category um is 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 plant-based dairy uh, in meat it's still around the two percent but uh, i i believe that we're going to see you know 25 percent plus in uh, in dairy in the in the next short while and uh, and i don't think it's going to be that long as long for for plant-based meat to uh, to catch up
7: no that's that's great that's great feedback I, it's it's a. Uh... It, it makes complete sense. I just I just see, uh, you know, everybody pulling off. I mean, not everybody, but, you know, Beyond Beef has definitely done a great job of uh, recreating a burger that tastes like a burger and not like a veggie burger. But it's not something you, you know, I necessarily want to eat every day. And um, so I'm, I'm just looking for the, the brand that, that comes out with uh, you know the burgers, the the deli meats, and everything that that not just taste amazing because taste is there in the marketplace, but I just I don't see the nutrition panel um, quite there yet from you know matching the taste profiles. But it seems like somebody uh, will will hit that mark here uh, in the next several years or, or months.
0: <laughs> I appreciate it. Now, thanks for uh, thanks for the question and teeing up the uh, the conversation. Um, hey Russell, I'm going to come back to you in a minute if we could just uh, keep the uh, keep some gender balance flowing on the stage. But Ruth, uh, how are you? Um, welcome. You have a you want to introduce great. yourself and you have a you have a question uh, for Greg?
4: Thanks, my Thanks for bringing me up. It's been such a great chat. Um, congrats to both of you on the big deals. Um. I just by way of quick background. So, I'm the founder of functional food brand Joya. We're having lots of fun um, creating some exciting products that are kind of bridging the gap between effective but medicinal tasting supplements and delicious food. And uh, it's been great, especially Greg, to hear kind of your thoughts on the trends and a lot of what we're really tackling with mood and stress and immunity. So really great to hear you talk about that. Um, But my question specifically, jump back to brand building, or sorry, team building. Um, I'd love to know, you know, for an early stage brand, very early stage, that's just at the point where, you know, you're ready to make that first kind of real hire um, in kind of like a significant operational role. Once you've identified as a founder identified your gap and know kind of what the area is, how do you, how do you suggest going about, you know, finding someone that is, you know, senior enough that they can really, you know, take that part of the business on and and, and do a great job, but, you know, fits the budget in in those early days. So obviously you're not, you know, not looking for someone C-suite, but you know, someone senior and experienced enough that they can really, contribute, um, but not break the bank.
3: I can give you my point of view. And then Mike is also, he has a lot of expertise in this area. So it's the hardest thing to do, but it, it, it does require some labor. Um, I love LinkedIn as a good source. I, I will sometimes stay up till two o'clock in the morning, just if looking for the kind of, you know, one is, step one is create a job description. That's very clear and focused. Right. So um, that helps, uh, you know, create your sandbox. And then if you go on LinkedIn, they have such great search tools now available where you can plug in some of the key descriptors coming out of that document that you created. I also think joining some groups are good. So the Naturally Network, where are you based, Ruth? Are you in Canada? Sorry,
4: mute wasn't working. Uh, Yeah, I'm based in Canada, but we're operating mainly in the
3: States. So, I mean, the person could, could be anywhere. Well, so there are, uh, I like naturally network in the U S and I'm sure Michael come up with a, a, an alternative, but in naturally network in the U S they have these, uh, job boards and I've been noticing of the last few months, it's an excellent way to source talent. So you just pop your job description in there and then expect to be interviewing, getting on the phone with 20 or so people. And you'll probably want somebody with large and small experience if they are at the senior level, but not C-suite, and they've got at least six years of experience. And then I, I think this might be overlooked a little bit sometimes by founders is prepare to sell the company to this individual. Get them excited about why working at, at uh, Joya is going to be the best thing ever for them career-wise. So you got a job description. You're now seeding it in some of these great networking groups like naturally network. And then when you get that, those 10 individuals and you build your your 10 to 20 individuals that, that is your slate, then uh, you're not just interviewing them. You're giving them an opportunity to interview you as well. Hopefully that made sense. Turn over to Mike. And
0: yeah, no, I think Greg nailed it there, Ruth, but I would just say, um, it, maybe more tactically or, or specifically. Um, um, I like to think about in 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 that situation at least a director level hire and and find a right director that Greg said you know has five plus or six plus years kind of experience, uh, but you're not paying for a a, a VP or, or 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 that level. Um, and a good balance there of uh, of um of a good base pay but some equity in the company so they are an owner and uh, and and I I'm a big I'm a big fan of what Greg said and 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 if you know. Uh, practice it a lot you, you you're courting that individual uh, because of the place they are in their career just as much as they are courting you for for the role so you, you have to show them of how they're gonna they're gonna be able to potentially turn and grow from a director to uh, to a vp or a c-suite uh, through uh, through the growth of the company and uh, and then and then to canadianize and naturally network uh, or you know best as possible like uh, canadian health food Association chfa has a has a great job board and a posting and, and a good network to be able to uh, connect with all the uh, those those uh, manager level or director level uh, or uh, throughout uh, the canadian organizations
4: awesome super helpful thanks guys
0: you're welcome and we're going to put these things see uh, you know uh greg's pretty smart He soaked things up like a sponge because he's listening uh, he's he's doing a Doing a lot of listening all the time, and so the things that we hear, I'm sure, will turn into more things that can go into the uh, CPG Natural Product Toolbox uh, uh, list of files because that's what it's all about.
3: That was the next thing was HR, actually adding a folder in there. You have some good templates on, you know, uh, agreements, job descriptions, to, sort, org, job chart, description org, org charts,
0: uh, yeah, yeah.
3: And, I, and then where to go, where to go for talent.
0: I like the way you think, Greg. I even like that you got green in your background. Do you know that green from a marketing standpoint is uh, is used in like health and uh and wellness and natural kind of stuff?
3: Yes. I like your green better though. It's so bright.
0: That's the Manitoba Harvest trademark green. So and thanks, appreciate it. Hey Russell, thanks for your patience. Uh, appreciate it. How are you today?
8: Sure thing. No worries. Um I'm doing great today, um, especially since Greg is up here. Um, like others, I've been wanting to hear more from Greg, so it's been really cool to hear the background, um, where you came from, how you got into uh, CPG and natural products. So thanks for sharing that, Greg. Um, so I'm a packaging scientist focusing on the structural, visual, and functional aspects of packaging, um, including a heavy passion for packaging sustainability. Um, so Mark, feel free to DM me for any packaging questions. Uh, but now now to my question for Greg. Um, so congrats on the, the, the recent successes and thanks for sharing your experiences here today. Um, I honestly don't understand how you do all that you do with all the the ventures, partnerships, and especially the board roles. Um, and that, that is really my question about um, serving on an advisory board. Um, I was recently asked to join... The advisory board for a very small consumer product company, and I've never served on a non-academic board before. Um, how do board members deliver the most value to a consumer product company, um, especially in the the startup and, and early phases of that company?
3: That's a that's a yeah. So we'll we'll have to add that Mike to the folder on this because there are. These advisory board template agreements that have uh, rules of engagement and then roles and responsibilities for advisory board members. So you have specific duties and then you can fold them into your calendar appropriately. Um, A lot of the ways to add value kind of chunked up in two is one being sensitive to the needs of the organization. Sometimes it's not just waiting for them to contact you. Sometimes you proactively contact them. What are you going on? What are you thinking about? What do you have prioritized? And how can I help? So that that's good. Otherwise, generally, if a company is running their advisory boards correctly, then you're meeting with them once a quarter. And, um, you know, at each quarter, you're giving them a list of duties. And then you're checking in on their performance against those duties. And then you're getting a new set of duties out of each checkpoint, which is usually four times a year. I think some advisory boards, you'll see it. Sometimes the frequency will come up more, like um, every month. Or they'll be more ad hoc. That's why it's so critical to get that document created so that expectations are set and everybody's aligned. Because you don't want to spend too little time and you don't want to, like, overspend time on, on it, too. So get those rules of engagement in place. Thanks.
0: Yeah, Yeah, Russell, I think that, you know, Greg said it there. And I, I would just add, you know, a couple tactics as you're thinking about any kind of, you know, Board advisory board for me advisory board is the same as board uh, without the fiduciary responsibility. But you're the brain trust of the organization, so uh, the best to think about that in like multi years, not not like days or, or or weeks or months as you would as a manager and uh, and so keeping that perspective and keeping um, read at that level and kind of high level thinking uh, as you touch in uh, uh, with the uh, with the other board members and and, uh, and management team. Um, I think we'll we'll, we'll align you for for kind of the best level
8: of thinking. Thank you so much. You're welcome.
0: Lisa, how are you today? Uh, Welcome.
9: Thank you so much. This has been, I I jumped in late, and I'm really enjoying this conversation so much. Mike, thank you, and Greg, congratulations on the acquisition. That's really exciting. Um, I'm definitely a big fan of many of you. Actually, both Manitoba and Lily's and so many of the other brands that I'm seeing up here. Uh, So I'm launching a line of organic, refrigerated, uh, plant-based sauces and dressings. And my background is I'm a culinary archaeologist. I'm a professionally trained chef. And um, I've been living this lifestyle for a very, very long time and it's just time to bring this to market. These are recipes I've had for a number of years. And my question is, I have so many questions for you. I could sit down for 5 hours, but I'll just be really brief about one. I I really want to find packaging. And when I say packaging, more whether it's bottles or tetra packs or something that is going to be the most beneficial for the environment, and also be able to deliver the product to my consumers. I'd love your thoughts.
3: I guess I'll go first, and then, um, well, so in these instances, there's so much new packaging technology that is more eco-friendly, but the expert really is Russell below there, the packaging scientist. So if you're a new brand and you're looking for, you know, what I think you're saying here is you want something that is uh, not going to hurt the environment. It might be a net positive. He's the best one to talk to. And then, you know, if you haven't already, Lisa, as I would, I would get a PL going, you know, with your products and, you know, it's usually like you spend 25 to 30 percent on packaging, uh, the same on ingredients and, and the rest on tolling or manufacturing In this instance, if you really want to go that eco-friendly, it might be that your cogs, you know, the cost of goods to to build out the kind of product that you're doing is going to be more like 40% on packaging if you really want to make it that eco-friendly. But again, Russell is really the expert in this area. Mike, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I lived with packaging for a long time trying to uh, solve it because, you know, we did a lot of things uh, at Mantle Harvest that were you know, really focused on in, in environmental and social responsibility for hemp hearts. Um, it, you know, we, we, we sold, um, you know, millions and millions of pouches per year of hemp hearts. Um, and hemp hearts because they're, because such a rich source of omega three and omega six, the essential fatty acids, they oxidize really easily. And so they need a, uh, not only a light impermeability package, but also a gas flush. Um, and when we tried to um, make the pouch that we were selling hemp arts in, um, and researched it over and over to be biodegradable or or truly compostable, um, it's just not there with the with the barrier and gas flush. And so um, I've always had to take the road of our product quality um, was more important to our mission of of uh, of really offering hemp nutrition out to people um, at the highest quality level. And and uh, but. Um, it ke- continues to develop, um, and uh, and there is a cost to 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 it for sure, um, and uh, and then it's it's unique, I think, a little bit by uh, by item. If you're selling uh, something that needs a low uh, low barrier for for oxygen uh, for moisture, um, um, then then there's probably more options for you. But I would double down uh, plus one on Greg's uh, uh, advisement to uh, to touch in with Russell. Um, And then it makes me think, Greg, that uh, there's a whole packaging um, folder on the uh, Dropbox. And for those that join the room that haven't uh, that didn't hear about it, do you want to just put the pitch, the 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 magic folder pitch, out to everyone so they know that it's available?
3: Yeah. So uh, Mike and I created a tool for founders that will hopefully help them run their businesses easier. So it's the Fata Fleischmann Startup Toolbox, and in there are a set of folders. Really, across everything from financial modeling to uh, to founder equity splits, and I think after this uh, room, we're going to add in an HR folder, and we'll have advisory board member templates and things like that in there, and then we can add in some packaging resources. So we have in there in the operations folder 3,000 plus co-packers that you know good source, good curated list. So we can add some, uh, you know, Lisa add some packaging sources in there too as well for those that are really going to get adventurous, uh, you know, who, who are those firms out there that are, are, uh, are offering the best in uh, eco-friendly packaging technology. That'd be good. What do you think, Mike?
0: Yeah, no, I think you nailed it. I just think, well, maybe think two things. One on the on sustainable packaging. If you're in California, or it started in California. I don't know if it's expand outside of that, but the, uh, uh, OSC, uh, squared, uh, where there's an initiative, uh, that's working, uh, on that, uh, um, but on the you you I jog I jotted that down, Greg, just to make sure I had as as, uh, as soundly as you had the additions to the uh, to the Fada and Fleischmann startup uh, 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 resource folder. But how would people get their hands on that? You missed that part.
3: Yeah, so they can uh, DM either one of us with their email address, and we'll add them to the folder. And uh, the the intention here is to continually to update it and you uh, know we're always hearing about you know what's a good financial model if we're going to do a product PL, do you have a, a a template for that so we'll continue to add and build to it and make it collaborative um, with our whole founder uh, ecosystem here. Yeah. but dm us your email address wide, yeah.
0: and uh, what's and what's the cost what's the cost on that do we sign up now
3: right right now it, you can get it for the low cost of 3 bitcoin or 4 million doge
0: and we're just having you know, fun. We're just having fun. It's, it, it's free, and it's always going to be free. And it's really about a give back, and it's really about helping make this world a healthier place through uh, supporting uh, founders, special natural product founders that uh, that are making a difference. So, um,
3: I mean, re- really, it can't You know, we're we've been in the grind ourselves, and we built the folder by saying, "Gosh, I wish we had this when we were starting out." And so that that's where that was the intention behind it. But I would say. Some of it's selfish. Every week, I get I don't know ten emails of people asking for templates for an advisory board or this or that. So it certainly makes it easier. We have a centralized location, and hopefully, people will find it helpful and give us feedback.
0: Um, yeah, you know what I'm. I just I just coined a term, Greg. You're in marketing, so you you, uh, you might like this. But I'm thinking mass mentorship. That's what that folder is, and you can just like self serve mass mentorship. And uh, I'm so so glad I'm part of it with you.
3: I love that mass
0: mentor. Um, Kirsten, welcome to the stage. Uh, you want to introduce yourself, and do you have a, a question for Greg?
10: Hi, I do. Thank you so much, uh, both of you. Uh, Mike, actually, you and I, I chatted with you last week. I think on Tessa's CPG group, we're both a uh, fellow hundred-pound weight loss uh, <laughs> crew. So, oh yeah, uh,
0: congratulations <laughs> again. Yeah, nice to see you.
10: Thanks so much, uh, and congrats to you too, Greg. I just want to thank you both. Uh, you know, I'm a solopreneur and started the, uh, my company as a full-time chef, and so uh, I have two busy kids with intense medical needs, so um, I feel like I have been digging for so much of the information that you all are sharing. I can't believe it. So, um I'd be happy to give you my Doji or Doge coins. My uh, husband gave it to me for Mother's Day. Terrible gift, but <laughs> so if you want them, I'll pay them for you for uh, access to the Dropbox. Um, so my question, I just sort of have to get out of my head on this because I'm in the space of where I lost the weight. Um, very involved with our products are Whole 30 approved. Uh, you know, have been down the line working with my clients. I work with professional athletes, um, and so you know, dealing with keto diets, uh, paleo diets, all of that. And then I have a subset of friends that are in the fat friendly, uh, you do not say the diet word world. And so my products are extremely low calorie, they have zero oils, uh, you know, no sugar, all of that good stuff. And I really am hesitant anytime I bring up the calorie thing or the weight loss thing. And so I'm just curious in your overview of the space is is it, is it passe to talk about weight and diet, or is it still just what sells?
3: Mm. I'll give you my two cents, and then, and then Michael will give you his. I think we've seen over the last three years that indirect communication is what is the most helpful. So an example of that is gluten-free became code for weight management. And so there are a couple of brands up there like Simple Mills, where nearly 70% of consumption was towards a weight management goal uh, uh, amongst their users so uh, vegan appears to be a new term that is uh, you know anything that's vegan for uh you know fringe and mainstream natural products consumers are looking at that as being code for weight management but to talk about it direct and probiotics are another one pre and 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 uh, uh probiotics are are so talking specifically about weight management over the long term and pigeonholing yourself does not seem to be the most effective way to brand build. It's using those code words that people care about. That might sound counterintuitive, but when you look over the last couple of years, the brands that have exploded were able to do that successfully. Vital Proteins is another one. And uh, So, Mike, what do you think?
0: 100%. I think it's all about the lifestyle um, and uh, and making it um, inclusive, not polarizing, you know, I think Greg touched on it there. And I mean, you know, uh, vegan, it used to be vegan for 30 years, it was vegan. And people were like, um, I'm not vegan. You know, vegan sounds kind of strange, you know, but plant-based and, you know, if you look at the last three, four years, plant-based, well, now everyone wants to be plant-based. Why? Cause it makes sense to eat, you know, predominantly fruits and vegetables in, other, in, in your, in your diet. Right. Um, and so I think as you're, you don't want to, you don't want to and the same thing could be said for like the Atkins diet that turned into keto and these different like lifestyles that people do live. But I, I think as you're thinking about your brand and, and the longevity of your brand, you just want to you want to you want to be able to communicate to healthy lifestylers how your brand fits into their lifestyle. But don't don't be polarizing where you turn people off because uh, you, you want to be the change that you wish to see in your brand and make it easy for people that are just maybe living a really unhealthy lifestyle and want to step into um, your brand is, as, as one of that as a, as a part of that change and, and make it easy for them. Um, that'd be my, uh, that'd be my thoughts.
10: Okay. That's good to hear. Yeah, that's definitely the, uh, the angle I've been taking. And, uh, I just thought, you know, am I missing the boat? on not, uh, just jumping on the diet bandwagon and it, it doesn't feel good in my heart to do that. So I, I'm glad to hear that it's, uh, probably not the way to go anyway. So great. Thank you so much.
3: The one thing I would add, uh, you're saying congratulations on building a brand and your own uh weight management journey is that i'm sure this is a part of your plan but the influencer outreach those creators that you're connecting with that tend to be more um you know food focused and and whatnot that also will help bring your mission to life and ensure that it's connecting to the right consumers hopefully you've
10: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, lucky to have the whole 30 approved, uh, whole group, you know, millions of followers and the great coaches and that's been a huge help. Uh, and again, I just, I think that's somewhat becoming synonymous with just health in general, uh, you know, just gluten-free sugar-free and all that good stuff. So, um, I'll keep down that road. Thank you so much.
0: You're welcome. Yeah. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming up. Um, yeah, I just have to say this is pretty cool. You know, uh, again, I've been uh, doing the natural product founders helping founders over the last like three or four months, and um, you know, just kicking down that information that we believe is is makes it makes it easier on people. Now we, you know, Greg shared we're sharing a uh, a toolbox of resources. If you didn't get that already, you can you can connect with one of us. We're happy to uh, to to provide that. It has great modeling and different stuff um, that'll help you on your entrepreneurial journey. Um, but the Venture Park Club, I look around and even the people in the audience and some of our winners from like competitions from the Dragon's Den pitches, friends in the industry, other founders, like there, there's we're creating a universe here that uh, that can really make a difference because um, um, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. So thanks for everyone. I appreciate uh, the support tonight. And uh, and Greg, appreciate the, uh, the time you're giving. Uh, it's been mentioned already by several, but uh, we we'll get to hear a lot from you tonight. So um uh, James, I didn't know. The, do you? Uh, um, we touched with Paris and, and Carla, but uh, are you? Uh, you got a question for Greg? Are you just chilling?
11: Just came to uh, to to support the room and uh, cheer Greg on and cheer you on, Mike and everybody here. Um, saw friends in here and I just came in to listen. And you're like, "Hey, come on up!" So yeah, I I, uh, I did. I missed the part about what Greg's win was. so I don't have any questions about it.
0: <laughs> oh, now no, uh, it, it, um, well, Greg, you know, the win from last week, James, was Greg uh, um, transacted in one of his natural product companies, Noon, that was uh, that he's been helping to steward for the last like six years, um, was acquired by Nestle. You know, I guess that's old news for Greg, uh, uh, because this week, you know, another one of his portfolio companies, uh, Lily Sweets, which is a, a, a chocolate, low sugar, uh, a, a chocolate company, um was was acquired by Hershey um, today. It was announced. So I thought he planned. Mm-hmm. I thought he planned it because we knew for the last you know four weeks that he was doing this room tonight. So we just planned the closing day on uh, on, on on this uh, on this Tuesday. But that's the uh, right. That's the celebration.
3: Great, Greg. Are you gonna call it Toonie Tuesday? We uh, we held off the closing so that uh, till today, just because of Mike's room
0: it's your room I'm just the host it's your, it's your room tonight Greg Anthony we'll come back to you thanks uh, thanks for coming up to and being here Amanda how are you tonight welcome
12: I'm great Mike thanks for having me um, I thank you all for the resources that you're giving us and I've already reached out for access to that uh, I know someone I, I joined I'm not sure exactly who it was that was speaking so I apologize but there was someone speaking about uh, the Product packaging and aluminum foil bags, Uh, I wasn't sure if you guys mentioned you had found a supplier that does it in a green way or that you haven't been able to find one. I just wanted some clarification on that.
0: Greg, do do you want to go or do you want me to, I think it was me talking about it, but. Go for it. Yeah, no, Amanda, I was saying we there. there's um, and Russell in the audience right below you uh, that has the beaker um, is a packaging scientist and he loves uh, connecting with people on on packaging. Um, I was just giving my experience at Manitoba Harvest that uh, that we that we uh, had a hard time because we needed a gas flush uh, barrier to to get a fully um, uh, biodegradable or compostable. Um, we could get one layer um which was less plastic but it ended up being still you know three times the cost and it just didn't didn't make sense for the uh, the business but uh um we both Greg and I recommended connecting with Russell and uh, having a conversation there cuz he be able to he may be able to be a resource to uh, to some vendors and suppliers uh, that are at least uh, off different offerings I don't think there is a fully compostable if you need a, a gas barrier but depending on uh, on your product given that it's pet if it doesn't need that moisture oxygen barrier you may uh, you may be able to, uh, to to use one of the products that are on the market right now and uh for your benefit as well we're going to add that to the dropbox folder of uh, of what we know um of uh, compostable packaging or sustainable packaging options so that that spurred that on so thank you
13: okay perfect thank you so much
0: you're welcome anthony how are you
14: i'm doing well mike uh thank you guys for having me um, always um just so humbled by um, your presence and and getting to get to know you, Mike, Greg, Arlene, Carla, James, and Paris, and um, just some some of the most giving and authentic people I've met on Clubhouse. My question for Mike, Greg, Arlene, really just the whole stage is what can what can we do to give back to you? Um, you give so much to everything that you do on Clubhouse and the Dropbox, but just the experience that you're sharing is you, 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 can't, you can't get that unless you've actually gone through what you've gone through. And it's, it's just incredible what you're doing. So my question is, what could, what could not only I, but what could the audience do to support you?
0: I'll start that off before it goes to Greg. I'm gonna I'm gonna just jump in there first because I'm doing it right now. Um, uh, I'm, and it's a start. But uh, I'm eating some Lily's dark chocolate style baking chips. They're uh, stevia sweetened and 55% cacao, and they are delicious. Um, and enjoying them in this conversation. So doing that. Um, uh, and and all joking aside, you know, supporting the products and uh, and companies that we're involved with because, uh, um, it's it's not. For the profit, it's for the people, and it's for the product, it's for the change that we wish to see in this world. So that's a good thing that everybody can do is vote with their dollars. But I do like the uh, baking chips, Greg.
3: I um, I think we're already doing it, Anthony, and I appreciate you asking the question. I think that I think Mike and I are the same here. Is that we do feel an urgency to support entrepreneurs, um, you know, and that's kind of selfish in its own way. Like the idea of giving back and supporting people is really. That makes us feel good. So, opportunities to help um, is its own reward, and we don't need anything for that. I think we probably, you know, tactically, in all seriousness, want to get the word out because we know what it's like to be founders and that we do have built out these great tools, and we're going to make it better. And I I think there is this wanting uh, passionately for founders to have an easier go as they're ramping up their businesses. That's really what it's all about. We're not trying to monetize it in any way. We just want to help. So, getting the word out on this thing would be helpful. I think, it's just because it, it does kill us when we hear uh, founders who are like uh, struggling because they don't have basic templates or they don't have access to Copack or lists or uh, you know stuff like that. So, thanks for your question. Appreciate it.
14: No, you're very welcome, and, and thank you guys for having me. And uh, I did just get access to the Dropbox. I am going to put some um, content together that I hope will be helpful. Um, there are some great uh, uh, targeting capabilities in Google where you can target, um, you know, green living enthusiasts, vegetarians, prefers organic food. So I'm just trying to highlight those and maybe put together a little bit of a marketing resource and, and demystify the, um, the behemoth of Google. So doing my best to help there and um, just thank you so much again.
3: Thank you. I think we need to add you by the way uh anthony so you can drop in your stuff if we haven't already but uh the digital marketing like that comes up so much right uh google is uh, a mystery and so uh i think for most people it's hard to really get around it so as many resources you can pop in there will be i think super productive some almost the top three question that comes up how do you go after digital
14: i appreciate that greg you know it, it's super interesting i just stepped into the um into an interim CMO role at a company called NatureBox. And um, I'm sure you guys have heard of them and and they've been around for quite a while. They have a bit of a story where they just burned through, um, I think they were doing 17 million a year in marketing. And um, I've had the um, honor and and pleasure to analyze all of that data. And um, you'll be shocked and surprised at how much room there is for optimization, even when you're well-funded as they did raise, I believe, fifty eight point eight million. Um, so, absolutely, I, c- I can see the need for it um, across the board. So,
0: well, I'm stoked for that, Anthony. I've uh, I've been in a couple of rooms where I just got a taste of uh, of some of the nomenclature that uh, that you spit out, and I'm trying to get my head fully around the opportunity. I think just distilling that down to some actionable kind of thoughts or tactics and tools um, are just going to help more and more entrepreneurs out that we're living in a day where you got to you got to execute the online um, first usually depend you know depending on category but uh, for, for for most of the natural product founders that are going to be that are launching or, or expanding their business uh, they got to be thinking about the online channel first I think.
14: Absolutely yep it's um, it's one thing to know your customer um, to build out your customer persona and understand their wants needs and desires but it's another thing to get into the tools and get into the interface of Google and actually be able to pull all the triggers and, and, and flip the right switches in order to target those, those, um, those people. So um, that's, that's my goal is to, to try to contribute to the Dropbox. And again, thank you guys so much for having me. Um, appreciate it. Hey, you're very welcome. Lauren, the winner
0: of, uh, venture parks, Arlene Dickinson's dragon's den clubhouse, uh, uh, first pitch competition. How are you this evening?
15: Hey, Mike. Good. I love to see you've joined the dark side of Instagram. That was exciting today.
0: Well, that's all I have to say. I'm. Um, i uh, um, Yeah, baby steps for me.
15: <laughs> and Greg, I don't think I could keep up with all your wins. This is awesome. Congrats on on the win today. That's that's huge. Good job.
3: Thank you. We're all winning, Lauren this is a me.
15: big winning room there's a lot of exciting things happening for this panel it's awesome to see
3: the uh, I love seeing your vids with your husband mm. by the way as you're building out the brand it's so inspiring to see entrepreneurs go at it when you have a life partner with you on it, it certainly makes the uh, certainly makes the journey easier and I can't wait to get your products all the way Lauren, so I don't have to use lairds anymore
0: I saw, I heard on uh, somewhere that there was a packaging run, Greg. So then if there's a packaging run, then then there's a product run. If there's a product run, then I'm sure that uh, we could buy some samples.
15: I could probably get you guys a 10% discount code. (laughs) I'm kidding, of course. Uh, After
0: after Greg's announcement today, he could buy two or three or four bags, Lauren, so it's okay.
15: (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. No, but um, I do have a question among hundreds, but um, this question sparked on this marketing conversation with uh, the comment around, you know, you have to think about digital first and thinking about a good digital marketing strategy. I'm just curious if you have any insights with this new iOS 14 update, how that's impacting the world of Facebook ads, and if you think there's going to be a shift away from Facebook ads and being more reliant on influencer marketing. Just curious about your experience there recently.
3: Looks like Anthony, you want to take that one? I mean, you're the resident expert here.
14: Sure, sure. Absolutely. So so Lauren, the change, um, so iOS 14 was just released and we're going to see a high adoption over the next 90 days. Um, This is a, a topic that, you know, there's going to be an ATT prompt that pops up on everyone's phone asking if it's okay for an application to use your data for type for advertising and selling it to third parties. So um, and, and what's going to happen is you're going to see um, certain audience segments and audi- audience targeting capabilities start to shrink, and you're already starting to see um, CPMs or cost per click go up for those types of um, targeting options. When it comes to Facebook, they took the um, the uh, attribution window from 28 days to seven days. Um, will it will it shift to influencer marketing? Um, I, I think influencer marketing is just part of the part of the omni-channel approach when doing um, online marketing. And, and in in my in my um, experience, influencer marketing will generally not drive um, immediate impact unless they're a superstar. Um, And what I mean by that is you'll see your ROI or your return on that engagement over the next five years and not necessarily 30 days, and, and understanding how to leverage that influencer, I, I won't call it an endorsement, but that social share, you can boost it, you can advertise it, you can put it on your website, you can put it in your email newsletter. So just um, understanding how to leverage the influencer, the, you know, the, terms, the terms of the, um, the creative and, and who gets usage of it, all of that is very key when thinking about working with influencers. But um, here's my final, my final thought on it. Don't lose sleep over um, this iOS 14 shakeup. The The industry has been going in this direction over the last decade, and they will solve for their revenue. And believe me, um, they are coming up with new solutions every day. So um, fo- focus on your product and focus on running uh, Google search. It's always my go-to. Um, and you'll be absolutely okay. Um, don't, don't, uh, don't let it uh, make you lose sleep at
3: night. So, Bernardo, do you want to add something? You're also an expert in this area. Thank you, Anthony. No, I mean,
16: uh, I think uh, Anthony said it best. Um, I think, I mean, right now for the brands that uh, we are working with, uh, we are doing a lot of testing when it comes to creatives, uh, so just testing a lot of uh, creative that is uh, working really, really well. Um, but in addition to kind of everything, I agree with uh, what Anthony is saying. Uh, we're At least, you know, on our end, we're not really losing sleep over it. And uh, it's, uh, you know, we keep getting, you know, very, very similar results to kind of uh, previous uh, to, to, to before the update. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, overall, we're – we're just being very methodical in terms of how we go about it, with the amount of um, uh, the the people that we're targeting, the different audiences, and the amount of creatives that we're that we're doing. And uh, one thing that is also working really well for us that we're doing is uh, doing um, like a TikTok style creatives and running those as Facebook ads. Right. So uh, again, going back to your your creatives, if you want to see really good results is finding creatives that work really well and right now what's what's working really well is TikTok style creatives on Facebook.
15: Cool, that's awesome. That's uh super helpful guys. Um can I ask another question to Greg or I can I can also just save it if we want to get more people up on the stage. That's okay. I, I, had, a, I had a
11: thought. Yeah
0: go, yeah, go go ahead James and then uh, yeah, yeah, Lauren, you're you're,
8: so you're good. I,
11: I've been watching this and I anticipated it um, because just from some of my investments, of course, you know, you want to make sure that, you know, and I think the biggest takeaway I've had and from what my teams have kind of reported back to me, and this is coming from a much more layman's knowledge than Anthony, but my perspective on it is, is you build great product, you build great brand, you understand your audience intimately this does not affect it because people will still love it. And those mediums on how you reach your audience, how your audience thinks and talks about you, does not change? I personally have turned off that on all my apps. I'm very, I am very, feel very happy about the update. Um, and we've seen actually an increase in attention on across uh, three of my investments that I paid closer to attention because I think um, people are less inundated by crap Um excuse my French. Um so I think if you do it right, this can actually be a win. Is my personal opinion.
15: Super interesting. Thanks so much, James.
14: Lauren, you were gonna ask Greg another question?
15: Awesome. Yeah, I had a question totally separate, but it is Greg's night, so I wanna ask Greg a question. Um Greg, I I know for a lot of investors a big thing that they're looking for is people who have done this before. So founders that have had success in the past and have proven that they're capable founders. I'm wondering when or if you do invest in first-time founders, what's the biggest thing you're looking for? And what do you think is the biggest piece of advice you would give to a first-time founder to help them succeed their first-time (laughs)
3: round? thanks well the i um i'm less concerned about first-time founders just that they fit the entrepreneurial characteristics that we look for um in season ones and and it would be great to hear from carla too if she's there and get her perspective because she's a a titan of industry and a a seasoned investor but you're already doing it lauren and look how you uh effectively went about winning dragon's den you put in all the sweat and relentlessness to ensure that you are getting all the votes. So I think that's one characteristic for that's totally does nothing to do with whether you're a first time founder or whether you're a seasoned expert is just that relentless drive to win. Uh, I think all of the dragons were commenting that got to back Lauren because she is really hungry and she wants to win. So I think that's number one, just relentless capability. That's a characteristic I think the other is emotional intelligence because it's required for leadership and for just conducting day-to-day business is that, and, and, and that you're a servant leader too. So whether you're talking to a buyer or an employee, um, having an emotional intelligence that's at a proper level is so critical. So we look for that. And then I I said this earlier too, that, uh, that, Uh, the humility and hunger to learn is really really important so as you're learning and growing you're taking information in and you're able to adapt that to the to the company that's important that's a characteristic look at these are all things that have nothing to do with being first-time founder by the way these are just standard entrepreneurial characteristics that separate people that can thrive within this kind of a company or ones that cannot but i know carla if you're are you there can you add something to this
6: Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, no, I thought that was great. Uh, You know, um, and it's Lauren, it's a great question. You know, uh, every entrepreneur has to be a first-time founder once. So, you know, sometimes it can be overstated the importance of having done it before. Um, It it does help because if you've done it before, you've, you've, you know, taken the road. So, you know, the ups and downs and, You'll probably be a little less freaked out when you have those near-death experiences that every founder faces, Um, but I think at the end of the day, what it's really about is leadership ability and the ability to really lead and inspire others with vision and You know, my view is when I'm talking to a founder, if they can't inspire me with their vision, then I doubt that they're going to be able to inspire the people who are working with them with their vision. And so that's really important, you know, to have passion, real, real authentic passion. Um, I also think it's very important to, um, you know, in terms of leadership, to be the kind of person who's transparent in how they You know, how you communicate with others, Um, honesty, um, you know, being able to be vulnerable about your fears, about the business, the challenges you're facing, all of those things. So quite frankly, I think those qualities are more important than whether or not you've done it before. Um, but having said that, you know, there is a value to it. And when we look at sort of, the, you know, valuation, we, we do factor in whether somebody's been an entrepreneur before, but it's not everything. Uh, domain expertise is also, you know, just as important. So um, it, it really is all of those things, you know. And I think we who invest in uh, startups, and, and frankly, we're investing in people. So we're investing in founders we look for people who have those traits of great leadership because at the end of the day, that is really what's going to make the difference between you know, success and failure because it's a, it's a rocky journey. Um, so, um, yeah, that, that's just my take on that. I'm Carla, I'm done. I hope that's helpful. What do you guys think about that?
11: Oh, yeah.
0: Always adding yeah. value, Carla. We're Dropping
17: all those see. gems.
11: Way Ooh, more yeah. articulate. I, I yeah. had a small thought, and I mean, let me, hey James, is, that really. Oh,
6: sorry. Just give me. I, I, I just want to. James, I, I, none of your. James, no, none of your. None of your thoughts are small. Don't ever say that. You yeah. don't have a small thought. They're all big <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> so true.
4: <laughs> so true. No, I just wanted to. No, there
11: was I, one I, thing that Lauren did that really stood out to me. Hey, go ahead. It was. Um, go ahead. It was the fact that the moment. She was picked that first time. She made up her own work, artwork. She thought outside. The, we didn't have to tell her, go and get your people behind this. She just went and did it. She made her own artwork and got it on social media before, you know, the moment she had uh, become a semifinalist that very first week and 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 did all of these things just thinking as far outside the box as she could. And it really just showed initiative and drive. And uh, I, I thought that was – I, I was really impressed.
0: And Bernardo, word uh, to you, Do you want to uh, introduce yourself? And do you uh, you got a question for Greg, or are you just uh, you just chilling? Or
16: uh, well, I always like to listen to to Greg, um, and I didn't have a specific question. It was just uh, learning from him, and uh, hope to see him uh, t- uh, tomorrow during my my room as well. But uh, just uh, just was listening to into the room and uh, just learning.
0: Well, it's nice Well, you're contributing too because you're kicking down uh, knowledge like you always are, so yeah, you know, I, uh, I find your comments helpful. I find your room really helpful. I'd wish one day you'd follow me then you'd know if I, you know we were in together, then uh, you know maybe we could uh, be on stage more
16: together, but uh, I
0: was joking around no thanks for uh, thanks for being here
16: Yeah, sorry about that uh, I just realized it wasn't following. You. all good That's all good
0: I'm, I'm teasing I, I'm I, trying to I, you, you know that I love you if I tease you you know I, I take that from Greg because he teases me a whole bunch, so I know that he loves me.
3: Yes, that's true. And Bernardo, you were, I think, the second room that I went in on Clubhouse, and you created such a magical place for people to get help, and you continue to do this today. So thank you for being such a valuable resource and inspiring us all to give back. You rock.
0: You rock. Totally friendly, Bernardo, and doing it the right way, uh, and uh, uh, big props to you.
16: Thank you, guys. That means a lot. Uh, Thank you.
0: Lindsay, Lindsay on the horse. Um, I know that this is you gotta eat two heads of kale to enter this room because it's a natural product founders, help and founders room. I'm I'm sure you did that already as a prerequisite. Um you got a you got a question for Greg or are you just here to support the kale initiative?
18: I was here I brought a box of tomatoes to throw at Greg, but um I did eat some fava beans on the way. So that was in your honor. But um no, I have yeah, I have big questions for Greg. This is an AMA, right? Ask me anything.
0: It's kind of not, you know, it's kind of, it's a more about, you know, being helpful to natural product founders. But, you know, we do have a, a bunch of friends and it turned into a celebration day because Greg, if you missed that already, you know, Greg planned his big announcement with the Lilies and the whole team there and all the, everyone that was involved uh, on the day.
18: I did, it's know. big. Yeah. I'm so excited for you. He, he planned
0: so. that for today for me, for the natural product founders, helping founders um, that we booked a couple wow. months ago. So, yeah. yeah, thanks for it.
18: Well, my, so my question, I think... Is about, I think like one of the biggest things I would love to know is that I want to know when Greg makes a decision in the companies that he finds to get them ready for sale. And if he could give like a couple of little things that a founder that's looking for a natural foods company or is, is in one maybe like um, like Lauren or some of these to do to kind of get themselves ready to, to show Greg
3: or, or anyone else in that space. And you mean investment or acquisition? Hi, Lindsay.
18: Hi, Greg. (laughs) Um, Yeah, like so if if you were – let's say you're someone like Lauren and she's getting – you know, she's starting out. She's getting her business ready you know, and she's probably, of course, at some point would like to sell her business. What are some easy early steps that she can take to kind of get herself ready for that, for acquisition or for, you know, for funding? Either way. I mean like acquisition more so is what I'm more asking about, but both are good questions.
0: Get Greg as a board member
3: is one of the answers. <laughs> or Mike, um, or Carla, or you, Lindsay, or Arlene,
0: I, or you know, down the list. Yeah.
3: The uh, Raj, uh, I was th- thinking about it because there there is this criteria that particularly street strategics, whether it's Nestle, Hershey's, or um, you know any of these large companies that might be, but you know if you're not IPOing or going running under your own steam or selling to a spec, and you are going to go after strategic, there is a standardized template that they use. That, and it's never too early to take a look at that as you're building out their business or your business. So, uh, that is another template that we should add into our deck here uh, or our Dropbox folder. So, um, you know, I was thinking about Lauren, you, I mean, some of it is just being able to articulate the vision and mission of the business is a big one so that it's properly positioned. And then you're demonstrating incrementality to whatever strategics portfolio is that you're able to kind of get tucked in there and, and add some, uh, some, some growth to them in areas that they can't do themselves. So in the case of Lily's, Hershey's didn't have a better for you chocolate brand right now. So uh, that gets back to brand positioning. So whatever you're creating, it can't be like other brands. You have to have that unfair competitive advantage and have that be sustainable And that is such a big hot button with these strategics. The other is the economics, the unit economics. So they want to be able to see that post acquisition, you can get to higher levels of gross margin that are more standard for those size businesses. So you have to start that work now. So if you create something that you can't scale and get some economies in there to to lower your cogs, then that's a problem. So if you start using ingredients that don't have capacity, don't have uh, good sourcing on them, then that becomes a problem, uh, a lot of it. And then, uh, you know, from an organization standpoint, right people in the right bus, right se- right people on the bus in the right seats and not having too big of an organization is important. So as you build out the org chart, like right now, it's never too early to take the projection model It shows where you want to be next year, the year after the year after that, and then do some organizational design around that to show how you're adding staff in key areas to enable that scale. I could go on and on. It's better to serve by a template. Why don't you take a mic? no no i I was just gonna say
0: i i was just gonna say greg i think i think right around the time that i was um uh learning about the concept it was right around when i met you and it may may have been through you or through you know the uh, future state org chart and like thinking about the the operationalizing of the business on the growth plan and the people plan that future state org chart like two three four five versions out or like two three years out and and that will be a template. I captured that because uh, I think it'll be helpful for everyone just to be able to see that and have that tool. And uh, ultimately, I think we're going to, you know, there's more training on it like this. But uh, yeah, that's 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 huge, uh, totally huge. So,
3: I'm is gonna... there
18: a number um, sales-wise that one of those companies needs to to attain to kind of be something you look at, Greg, or that you're interested in being on the board?
3: Go ahead, Mike.
0: No, I was going to say I heard you say fifteen million before, but I, I was just going to say I thought you were you were going to ask Lindsay on like when uh, when a company would transact, which that's changed in the natural product space. It used to be like ten or fifteen million dollars, and and now it's kind of got to be like you know thirty million or forty million kind of plus to uh, to have a meaningful kind of exit. But uh, I think the venture the venture stage for natural product companies is, is, you know, probably around the uh, $5 million on the low end and maybe $10 million on the kind of medium uh, uh, of, of, of when an institution would invest. And it makes sense to professionalize the board and have kind of heavy hitters like Greg involved and, and, uh, and really like at that high growth state. Cause you know, it, 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 aligns with you gotta be building your senior management team, then really having the capacity to double down on your, know your sales initiatives your marketing initiatives and 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 really grow so i think i just said 5 10 i think i just said 5 10 15 straighten me out greg what where is it in there that's a that's a dartboard where would you throw the dart
3: yeah i was going to say that the transactions are changing it used to be higher than it's lower and i think about like there's 10 transactions that are gearing up right now and they're really all are wide range everywhere from you know 15 million up to 200 million so I, just, I think there, there is no standard right now for that. In terms of where I join boards, wherever I can add value and there's a cultural fit, I don't really care about the size. Is it a great idea to have a great management team? And, is, and am I complimentary whatever their job they're trying to get done? And then, and then you have to be able to work together. I usually go on as an independent, so then I become a CEO coach, shoulder to cry on, and uh, they can be open and vulnerable and then I can hopefully give them constructive guidance and then we're independent board members are also meant to be highly collaborative and almost act as Switzerland so being able to keep the peace and get everybody rowing in the same direction is a responsibility of the independent board members so when i when i take a board seat i just want to make sure i can add value and then i get along with everyone and particularly the ceo and the rest of the board um, but i don't really care about the size I'm looking for inspiration, not a big payday.
0: You've had enough big paydays, so inspiration. Inspire us all, you know. It's not about the money. It's about uh, making the world a healthier place. So you could do that. Some companies can go, like, a million to a $100 million if they just have the right team and right resources around them and stuff. So, you know, it's less about the uh, kind of end. It's more about, like, making the impact. Yeah, thanks for that, uh, Lauren. Rajan, how are you? Are you –
17: I am here.
0: Do you uh, do you want to introduce yourself? And do you have a do you, want to, do you have a question for Greg?
17: Yeah, I'm Rajan, and I think uh, everybody on the panel here knows me. For um, sure. Yeah, I'm an engineer. I've been an entrepreneur. Uh, I'm an advisor to an incubator now, and I uh, I'm a fund partner. So, uh, first of all, Mike, a great job trying to make Greg talk. I haven't seen him talking this much ever. So. That's a great job you're doing there, Mike, getting all this out of Greg. And Greg, thank you. Uh, the last thing that you said about inspiration and uh, not money, I mean, that was something. That was that was a gem. So I, I, have, I have maybe hundreds of questions for you, Greg, but I'll probably ask just two right now. One is, what is it that, I mean, we have some things in common, you and I. We, we've kind of, it was a bit surprising to learn that. That said, what is it that uh, me and the rest of the people in the room need to know more about you? If we can take that question, what do we need to know more about you? And second question is uh, more about the business, natural products. Uh, Most of the natural product companies are still small compared to the established big giants. So how's the market uh, dynamics changing? How's the distribution and retail changing uh, to accommodate those smaller companies makes sense as well
3: okay. yeah I do, I, do. Uh, I will to answer your first question if anybody ever sees me get annoyed or um, you know or lose my patience or, or just you know not not a cool happy person it's it's when I believe in empowering those that don't have strong voices but have a lot to say. I believe in, you know, marginalizing and building up people and having that not be just a, a platform for people to virtue signal or bullshit. I, even on Clubhouse, I see a lot of that happening. People talking over uh, underrepresented or uh, marginalized groups and then uh, people taking credit for other people's work or all that stuff. I really don't like any of that. So if anybody wants to know what will set me off, It's that stuff. Like, I believe that life is a team Team sport. We should all be working together now more than ever. We need to be caring, generous and respectful of each other. When we're getting out of a a global pandemic, how can we all work together? So that's what people need to know when they see me being annoyed or anything on this app. It's generally because I've, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing this happen. Um, and I would, I would like personally to, I need to come out of my shell a little bit and, and, and uh, and when I see that happen, I can I can be a part of helping tamp it down. Uh, in terms of what you said about the proliferation and the awesome proliferation of of natural organic product consumer products across stores, you're, we're seeing that happen. Whether it's Costco, Walmart, or uh, a Kroger, we're seeing them dedicate more shelf space to these items here, and because there's more demand, the household penetration. So at least one natural organic item, whether it's the milk, the butter, or other staples, is now close to 90%. That's incredible. So we are seeing the availability, and we're seeing the displacement of those legacy brands, which is why legacy brands like a Nestle or Hershey's and these others are, buying, are acquiring. They're on, a, they're on a, a, a tear right now to acquire uh, all these national organic brands because they can't do it themselves. Hopefully that answered your uh, question, Raj. And it's been so great getting to know you, by the way. You inspire me. You are the real deal. No BS.
17: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Greg. Thank you very much. Uh, everyone else, uh, I, I owe uh, Greg a beer and a dinner for saying that. Thanks. <laughs> or Bitcoin.
14: Greg, if I could just chime in for one quick second, because you mentioned something about, you know, wanting to be a voice for uh, marginalized individuals, or when you hear that or see that, you know, you get frustrated, etc. And that you can do a better job. But I just I actually want to one commend you for saying that to begin with, because I think it's good for other people to hear. And, and perhaps maybe they um, also feel like they could, but then two, actually let you know that I think you do a great job of you know, presenting it when that happens and uh, making people aware. So thank you for doing that.
3: Thank you, Jonathan. That means a lot. I think Jonathan and Bernardo brought me on that, and they were the first two uh, groups. And both of them are so selfless in giving back and creating good spaces for people to learn and grow and get help. And then Jonathan has just crushed it with Founder Streams and creating this accelerator, which he'd never seen on Clubhouse. So in a manner of weeks took 10 brands and companies and got them pitch ready and got them investable. It's just an amazing work job. Two, and yours, two of you are the real are, deal also.
14: Thanks, Greg. I really appreciate that. Two of them are about to get funded. And so hopefully they'll be announcing that soon.
0: And, and, uh, Jonathan's a great spokesperson too. And, uh,
3: <laughs> in,
0: in, in, vocal and written and visual forms, all of them, not
3: advertisements. And stuff. is he? As, and is
0: a unicorn. Half, most of the time, he is nowadays. Yeah, oh. sweet. This is so much fun. I I'm feeling blessed for uh, for all of you, and especially you, Greg. And uh, so, thank you. Um, I I noticed a friend, a mutual friend in the audience, and I, I thought that I would pull up uh, uh, Kevin Rutherford um, because uh, Kevin, if you don't know him, for some maybe in the room or on the stage, uh, is the CEO of, of Noon Hydration. Uh, which also has uh, you know, has worked with Greg over the last uh, five, six years, I think, uh, and was the deal last week announced, huge deal, uh, selling the business to, uh, to Nestle. So I thought it'd be great to, to uh, welcome Kevin up. And maybe Kevin had one of those like, uh, could be a, a lob ball, but could be like a, you know, a little bit of a knuckleball at, at, uh, at Greg because we're all here celebrating, but we're here to learn and uh, uh, welcome, Kevin.
19: Mike, thanks for having me up here. It's uh, it's great, to, it's great to be on stage. I feel like every time I get on stage, I'm on the trainer, um, doing a little Zwift here. So if you hear me hopping and popping, that's what's happening yet again. <laughs> Greg's probably thinking that's all I do now. Um, but yeah, it's great to be here.
0: Awesome, and I love I love cardio chats. I've started to uh, to do them, Kevin. So if you want to jump on a cardio chat, that's the best way to spend 30 minutes and be healthy together, uh, strategizing. So I'll follow up with you. Bye.
3: But by, by the way, I want to give a big uh, shout out to Kevin Rutherford, who uh, is just a masterful CEO that took uh, Noon from a couple million, built out a team, and then and then all the way through an exit to Nestle. He managed that whole process. He is the perfect leader when you think about role models for leadership and growing companies from small to big. That is Kevin Rutherford. He literally self generates the Kool Aid. And uh, it, I think about a lot about well, what would Kevin do? Uh, because his team will walk over hot coals for him. He's that good of a leader, and he is looking for board seats. If you can have, are you blessed enough to get Kevin on your board? You have the best shot at getting an exit or whatever your dreams you have for scaling your biz. You're the best, Kevin.
0: Big props, great. Kevin. Big props. And you know what? And you're on the trainer. And, like, you know, I should say, like, athletes make such great leaders if, they, if they're if they in that right kind of mind space, people mind space. And you're one of those. Uh, you could tell. You get the discipline. You get the leadership skills. It all comes together. So there, it's no wonder that you've had the success. But uh, huge congrats uh, on, on the announcement from last week, Kevin. That's
19: Thanks, awesome. a ton. We're stoked. We're stoked. Thanks, guys. And, Greg, you're clearly a master marketer because you just sold me <laughs> way beyond what I can deliver. But I, I'm i super grateful for you and Mike for you and everyone on the stage. So, yeah, if I can add any value, I'd, I'd love to share it wherever I can. Thank you.
3: Greg, does Kevin know about the non-advertising? Oh, no, I need to send them. Jonathan, or Kevin, Jonathan created an ad for a uh, new... No, it's not for, an ad. Oh, it's not an ad. That's right. He'll He'll DM it to you on Insta. The Well, uh, I was going to say about Kevin, by the way, when, when people ask about leadership and you want those characteristics, I think right now you have to be a servant leader if you're going to grow a business, grow a team. And the way to be a servant, you can't bullshit your team. You have to be building that trust, and that has to come from an authentic place. I don't think anybody wants to work for anybody that is self-serving, Um, that they can't trust because they always feel like they're being bullshitted to, especially right now where everybody is remote. So Kevin does that stuff so well. He always seems like he's in it for the team and he really is in it for the team. So uh, anyways, he's the best ever.
0: Yeah, I agree. I've, uh, you know, From my witnessing of you, Kevin, I would say this: you know, I ditto, 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 plus one of what Greg's saying. I think uh, you're you're a great example of that. And um, you know, it's about the upside down pyramid uh, nowadays in servant leadership, and that's the only way to get it done with the social sharing. Too many people will say, like, why would I want to work for someone that's not nice or there's hierarchy in the role and all that? Like, it's 2021. Um, You know, it should be a a good experience for all involved, and you got to set that uh, set that stage. So. Uh, and Kevin, you're a great resource, uh, and we are celebrating. If you uh, if you do have a question for Greg, then uh, you can uh, you yeah, just jump in and, and and you can ask it too, because uh, Greg's dropping his gems, and he uh, he dropped many on the floor before you walked in. And I'm sure it, that's not finished, thankfully for us all. Tessa, well, it's uh, oh.
3: it's, re- it's recorded though, Kevin. So uh, we're, we're going to be putting it behind the paywall.
0: That's why I said the knuckleball. I was I was hoping that there was at least a knuckleball or two coming, uh, just to uh, you know to really pull those those deep ones out because everyone's amazed that uh, you you're,
14: you've
0: your airtime is uh, is over the uh, six months of, of clubhouse time for you, Greg. So you're uh, you're doing great tonight.
14: Most humble guys I know in clubhouse, uh, Mike, Greg, and Arlene really just the most humble. When Greg, when are you going to be interviewing Mike?
3: I know we need to do that like next week. Don't
0: spoil the fun. There was two things right. and you know this is Natural Product Founders, Helping Founders, which I'm, I I kind of feel it came as one episode Anthony and I had the the founders of midday squares on. And we, and we, it was my first event on clubhouse and we threw that event and it was three and a half hours later, two things. I was like, Oh my God, um, I think I'm addicted to clubhouse and the giving back fun that we can have. And two, I think that natural product founders helping founders could, could be something. And so like 13, 14 episodes in um, we're on a roll. I have, you know, uh, thought about a couple of things I'd like to do in the next little bit. Anyway, one of them would be a reverse uh, interview because I'd love to share the story and, and I always love giving back. So maybe that would be, uh, more time to do that, and uh, and I'm I'm thinking about a concept of a uh, founder fest, and uh, and all the founders that have been on to be able to come and have one big night where we will uh, change the lives of natural product founders that uh, that are on their journey. So um, more of that for sure.
3: I want I, I have all my questions for you, Mike, because I think they will, if you answer them it will be helpful to other people. And Anthony, I mean, like. I participated like a few months ago in, or a couple of months ago in this like uh, failing, uh, failure Friday kind of thing. And all the other CEOs, nobody was being vulnerable. In fact, some people were, were doing successes veiled as failures. So I think it would be great to ask Mike because he won't hold back. He'll be raw and unvarnished. I think some of the information people will get, they'll, they'll, it will set their expectations as they're growing out their business, um, which I think is important. It is Lonely at the Top, all that stuff. And Mike, it's an open book, if you ask him the right questions in the right way. So I can't wait for that.
14: Well, look at the way he speaks, even. He said it could be something that could help an impact. It, that's not the case, Mike. It already is something. You've already made a huge impact. You've changed and given so much on this platform. I don't know if anybody runs analytics on these rooms, but you should just, you should do it. I'll send you a DM. Uh, they're free the tools. And you'll be shocked at how many just human hours of listening takes place in these rooms. And this will be, for me, something that I remember for the rest of my life. Um, I got to hang out with some of the most successful people I've ever spoken with in my entire life. And um, I'll never forget this experience. So I, I know that uh, there, are, there are thousands and, and will be potentially millions who will feel this exact same way that I feel. So just so humble. Um, You've made such an impact already. So thank you, Mike and Greg. Appreciate you guys.
0: I appreciate that, Anthony. And and I think it, it just it flashed to me tonight in, in Greg Fleischman brilliance. But, uh, you know, when we're talking about the toolbox and being able to get like really smart people together that really want to help people out. So they're not stepping over each other. They're like there to like serve and like just just be the change, you know mass mentorship and we're going to do mass mentorship through some automation through some like great um uh events like this and 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 others where we're like just really paying it forward and uh, and 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 being the change in a, in a in a big big way so appreciate all the support from from you and from everybody else that's here that's uh, um it, it truly feels special so i appreciate it i think we're at uh tessa um tessa welcome how are you doing
13: Hey. Hey, Mike. Thanks for hosting. I am so thankful for all of you. I just want to echo what Anthony said. Um, I don't think you guys realize the impact that you've made and on me and all of the CPG community, so I just want to say thank you. And yes, the analytics, I think, would be crazy for all of you. Um, congrats, Greg. I have a question. My question is... Um, For Greg, the, um, just going back to, I've heard you say a lot of different archetypes of founders and what's important, but if you had to like, just go through your list on the archetypes that you have seen the most success, what are those like top characteristics of the founders? If it was the creatives who are the most successful, are they like the majority creative people, majority the giver or the like, what are those? What's the top? Thanks, guys.
3: Thank you, Tessa. And uh, for those that don't know, Tessa has an amazing brand called Olo Foods. It's this uh, you know, baking or uh, paste that is uh, just so wonderful. I use it on everything. Um, they, I think it's changed, by the way. So I don't think that you can be one of those bullying CEOs, loud, obnoxious, um, you know, highly aggressive. I think, like I was saying before, you have to be a servant leader. You have to be selfless, um, constantly giving. If anything, if we were going to do classic archetypes, you need to be more of an explorer caretaker. The explorer part is about that genuine curiosity. You know, there's some narcissism that happens with CEOs so, and founders in particular. So you kind of have to challenge that. So, Are you curious about the world around you, and particularly the people that are helping you grow a business? Are you generous with them? Are you anticipating their needs and serving them before they even come up? That requires emotional IQ. That requires empathy. And then wanting to actually give back. And that's where that servant leadership really kicks in. And Simon Schneck, if you need to read a book, has a really easy guide on how to evolve to that if you needed to care care you know taker is that real nurturing component too that i think is really important and i I, I, leadership through fear and intimidation i think personally that is over right um we're coming out of a pandemic still there'll be quite a bit of working remotely and i just think also gen zers the younger groups they need to be inspired they need to believe in their leaders and if you're a big Leadership by fear and intimidation bullshitter that just doesn't seem to be working well. And you think about companies really that the fuel comes from um, the the people that are at that, that are the youngest. So that's my, that's, and that's my opinion. I tend to loathe any organization that has a bully as the leader because I think it's totally outmoded, unwarranted, and that is a business I don't want to be anywhere near because I don't think it will, will succeed.
13: Thanks, Greg. Rajan,
3: I love your photo. I love Rajan's photo too. I like Rajan, I like
0: your photo. Plus
17: one. (laughs) Thank you, Tessa. Thank
18: you. Oh, I have a question for Greg again. Can I have a question?
0: Lindsay, you can have the question.
18: Okay. Greg, my question is so, what's the big trend? So, here I am, I'm an investor, I'm coming into the natural product space because. Mike and Arlene bet me about fava beans, so now I gotta like just blow it all up for them. But uh, I just want to know what's the next big thing that is going to happen in natural product space. Like, if you were to close your eyes, and-
3: anything that you're into, Lindsay, I would be into. I just follow your lead. But I, I kind of said it earlier. Anything to do the horse just man- eats
18: like chocolate covered trash. Though. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: anything that to do with mood improvement. Um, I think is is, uh, going to rocket anything to do with weight management or weight management adjacent, I believe is going to take off. And then immunity. I think those are three areas from a consumer brand standpoint, that's going to rock it up. And it, and it really could be personal care, you know, so anything to do with a lotion, shampoo, all the way out to food and beverages. Those are the products that are playing in those spaces with high differentiation, competitive advantage, with a great team behind them. Those are the ones that I would want to back right now.
0: Hey Greg, you, um you just touched on it there, but like hemp hearts are uh, are make your mood feel good. they they've helped me in in kind of weight loss and sustaining my weight at one level because of essential fats and uh, and I believe they boost my immune system too. So are you thinking that there's going to be more hemp hearts uh, sold in the in the future? Just wondering. Everywhere.
3: Just wondering. And there might actually be yes, there might be a law passed that says you have to have hemp hearts in your house.
0: I didn't get um, I didn't get paid I, w- I didn't get paid for that uh, non-advertisement either. Just by the way,
3: <laughs> by, by the way, there uh, I see Kara in the audience. That's a business I would want to be a part of. Uplift Foods, um, you know, she's got a yeah, well differentiated pre- Perfect format. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep, killer team, season knows knows everything, and uh, it's in the it's perfect timing. So that's a, a good crystal clear example. I think John is in the audience from NatureBox. He's curating the best foods. Some of them are prioritized around the trends I just mentioned, and he's got the best uh, ability to execute against that. So there's some exciting brands that already exist that I think are going to crush it over the next two years behind some of these big emerging trends.
0: Love it. I think if we keep it up, then uh, Lindsay will be um, in the kale business or Fava. We'll get you in a number of businesses, Lindsay, and then you can – put your entrepreneurial sprinkle accelerator effect on it and, uh, the world will be a healthier place.
18: Well, I love, I love the category of weight management, especially because of COVID we all could use it, but I, I really like that category because I think it's, uh, it's been, it's an evergreen one in, in the DR business, right? Like it's always either take the weight off, put it on, or like take the hair off and put it on. Those are kind of like the two things I'm always interested in. Right. But, uh, yeah, I love that. And then mood is interesting to me, Greg, as well as Mike, this is kind of, I guess a question for you, but how do you see the, um, the intellectual property kind of play on that? Cause like now you can, you know, you can do these like dual ingredients and, you know, it could be interesting, like with these sort of, you know, mood enhancing things with like powered by, you know, chamomile, lavender, whatever, I don't know, like express less stress, you know, or something like, you know, how you come up with like a, uh, uh, an advertising name for a couple of ingredients. Be interesting to see. What do you have? You ever done that, or what do you? Think?
3: What do you think, Mike?
0: I think you're the uh, you're the marketer extraordinaire. So I'll let you jump in there if you want to comment.
3: I think you raised a good point, Lindsay. You, you have to do that, right, to uh, make sure you're building a strong enough moat around the brand. That's what you brought up as a unique uh, way to do that. We should explore that further. I'm wondering, there's a brand out there called Kindroot, and they do adapt like lozenges that uh, impact mood. They also do sleep. It's an amazing brand, amazing founder. And it's fun. You just suck on these lozenges and you need to go to sleep or you need to manage anxiety or you need a little uplift or you've got that covered. And I'm wondering if what you just brought up, Lindsay, might be a, there might be a way to uh, build a, a stronger moat around this that brand. We should talk offline. I'll
0: come over. Yeah, I'll just put a plug in there. It's kind of a shameless plug for, uh, for Greg, but um, Greg created a great uh, toolbox um, for, I think any entrepreneur, but for sure, natural product founders. uh, There's a, there's a whole bunch of information invited me uh, into it. And we're just trying to create that as a big free tool to give everyone some, a leg up a hand up an advantage with some uh, templates and some different uh, informational things. So, um, if you're just hearing about that, um, you can send a note to Greg or I, and we would be happy to invite you to the Dropbox folder and you'd have all that for free and for yours. Um, and, um, so I'd want to make sure that everyone knows that anyone new coming into the, uh, into the room, Jolene, I think we're, uh, down to you. Do you, uh, do you got a question for Greg on this special day? Yeah.
2: Yes, thank you for um, letting me up here again, um, Greg. You 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 touched on it a little bit when you answered Rajan's uh, Rajan's question, and it's fitting that Kevin just joined because I was thinking about how Noon uh, was acquired by Nestle Health Sciences, and I was actually, and maybe it's just my newness in the CPG space, but I was surprised to read that they had a health science branch of Nestle. And I wondered if that's um, a growing trend amongst these bigger brands. Are they, are they developing this, this idea of science behind these health categories? Is that a a thing that you're seeing? And I'm, you know, I'm hyper focused on it where my company is concerned. So I just wondered if that's, um, that's, I keep seeing science behind food. So I just wondered if that's um, something that you've been seeing for a while. And I'm sure that Carlin, Arlene, and Mike could probably all chime in as well.
3: I would, yes. I was thinking maybe Kevin, if you're available. Yeah, Kevin, available. You,
0: you, you, Greg, and then Kevin, for sure, being part of the soon to be mothership.
3: <laughs> I'll do my best
19: to answer. I say that because, you know, we're one, one week in uh, post signing. So uh, just to give you an idea of structure, um, Nestle Health Sciences is a wholly owned subsidiary of Nestle. So um, Nestle Health Sciences is, is the acquirer of noon. So just making sure everyone understands that structure. Again, apologize for hopping and puffing. Um, and here's, here's what I think is happening, is when you look at Nestle, and I think you'd see this at General Mills, with uh, what is, is this called 301, 301C. Um, and there's a few other incubators of big companies that are happening out there. And Nestle Health Sciences kind of looks at as we're a holding company And we're trying to find these purpose-driven brands that are around pro-planet and pro-health. Probably, maybe in the reverse order, but they go together, right? Because we're in an interconnected ecosystem. So that's what they're looking at, and that's what they're building out. So as an example, if you want to look at their portfolio for Nestle Health Sciences, they're going, okay, we we need to help get better nutrition in people's bodies. So they've acquired Garden of Life, as an example. Um, down in West Palm, uh, they've acquired Persona um, is another interesting one, which is actually I'm up in Seattle, and that's where they are. So that one's um, vitamins that are personalized, personalized nutrition, uh, and then they've acquired uh, Vital Proteins, um, which is nutrition through you know collagen being the core, the core of the benefit of that one, and then Noon as well. And so what was interesting when we were going through this process it was really important to Nestle Health Sciences to understand what is the science behind the products that we're launching. And I think this is, this is a key moment that you're seeing in the natural products industry where um, it, was, it was more uh, hypothesis-based in the past, in many cases, not all, but in many cases. Like, we believe this is better for you because it's closer to the earth and it's natural ingredients, it's cleaner. So logic would say that. Now what these big companies like Nestle are looking at, they're saying, show me the proof. And again, they're not saying we don't believe you, but show me the proof on that one. How do we validate that? Because if we validate that, we can take the old way of marketing um, in terms of validation with reasons to believe uh, around your claims, and we can apply that to your world and really amplify where we go with this to really get people to buy into a new, better way. So I don't think it's any... Accident that it's called Nestle Health Sciences, Um, and that science validation is more important in the natural products industry today than probably any other time. There, all all the bigger companies are looking for it. Quite honestly, when you go meet with Whole Foods, right, or Sprouts, or even Target, as an example, like what's talk to me about the science behind this? And we're I'm seeing that all the time on noon. And so we, we have science, and we've, we've worked with um, – in fact, if you want a little tip on how we were able to get science behind our product and afford it as a small emerging company when we got it, um, we, and one of the things we did is we worked with some universities, and we worked with the schools where they've got their health sciences faculty And we tell them what we want to do, and it's a much lower cost because they're getting a benefit of it because the students are getting education, they're getting case studies, and then in return, we're getting really good statistical data to quantify where we want to go. Um, So I went a little bit tactical there, but it's not by accident that it's called science. I think it's all about validation of what you're putting in consumer's body as a proof point of why it's better for for you versus, trust me, and let's just use intuition. That is key. That's where you start, but then let's let's quantify it. Does that does that help, Greg? Do you agree with that, Mike?
2: No, that's really helpful, Kevin. I I, I appreciate it. I've been noticing a lot of uh, companies, you know, talk about the science behind them, and it's one of the things that we're focused on as well. And so I was just I was I was just saying I was kind of surprised and 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 my maybe it's dumb. I'm not really sure, but maybe I should know that Nestle has a health science division. I didn't know know they did. And so when I read the headline uh, of when, you know, noon was acquired the day that I think Greg posted on LinkedIn. And so when I saw that, I was like, oh, I didn't know they had a health science. That's cool. So I've been noticing it a lot. And so I just, I thought I'd ask if that's something that was going on and you answered that perfectly. So thank you.
20: Hey guys, can I just jump in quickly? Is it? If it is not too windy, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, go ahead, Aaron. Um, you know, Carla and I were just back channeling about how great a room this is and how wonderful it is to listen to the expertise. And Greg, you're just a phenomenal human. As are you, Mike. And what we were how it made me start thinking about what is it, and it's exactly what was just talked about, which is. The curiosity, as you alluded to earlier, Greg, about caring about what's going on in the space, seeing what consumers are looking for, digging in and finding these upstarts and caring about them and nurturing them, but truly being in touch with the marketplace. And so many times, founders and all of us can get so hung up on what we're doing that we lose sight of what's really going on in the world. So I just wanted to add that.
3: Oh, thank you, Arlene. That means a lot. What do you think, Mike? Mike's
0: crying um, right now. No, well, no, I I mean, thanks for the props. I appreciate it. I just, and, and I, I'm getting better at celebrating myself and others celebrating altogether. So, uh, thank you. And uh, we all should do more of that. And, uh, um, but at the same time, I think it's just, it, 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 it should be the way I, I learned that from when I was young that, uh, you know, to, we got to be the change. we got to help other people up and we got to, we just got to do it. So I'm, um, I feel very grateful and stoked that, uh, um, that we're all here doing it, and it feels like just the start of something that's going to continue to get more magical. So, uh, and then, and then, like more of like just the the gems, the bombs that Kevin just dropped, being like right close to the whole, just have such a great perspective because of of where he's at in in his journey and kind of in relation to. Um, you know, big CPG that has a high interest in our space, which, you know, we know that if we can change the food system, the big companies, um, and uh, that, that is the change. So I, I find it fascinating, and I definitely don't have anything to add.
3: I was going to say, to to build on what Arlene said, on Clubhouse in particular, I, I think, I don't know that I see a lot of curiosity, really. Honestly, there's a lot of people who like to talk. and uh, And so I was thinking, like, what I think is a good rule is, are you asking more questions that you, than you're answering? And I think that that's what people should do. They should ask more than they answer. And that shows them that you really care about the people around you. You want to learn information. And with that information, it's easier to help. That's my two cents. What do you think, Rajan? So true, so true, Greg. I was, I,
17: was, I was just going to say, I, was, I just read... Uh, I think it was Inc. Magazine, which reproduced some article from many years ago. It said, uh, before you open your mouth, think of three things. <clears throat> one is, uh, does it need to be said? Does it need to be said by me? And does it need to be said now? So I'm trying to internalize that. I, I shared it with Paris or somebody. I don't remember who I shared it with. I, I, I need to, I'm trying to internalize that. And then I want to add one more thing. How, sh- how short can your answer be, or how, how little can you say and say everything?
0: I love
17: that. Rajan, thank you.
14: I wrote it down.
0: I'm trying to write it down and do this at the same time.
18: Wait, I missed it. What was the last part? It cut out. Uh,
17: how can I do it in, I mean, I'm still trying to phrase it, because the first three lines I picked up from somewhere, the fourth one I'm trying to uh, phrase it properly. How can I say it in the shortest time possible? I have
0: to say, I have to find a better way of saying that. Oh, I, I yeah, that was that was great, I, uh Does it need to be said? Does it need to be said by me? Does it need to be said now? And then whatever the fourth line is, but even the three lines well, are powerful.
3: <laughs> well, the fourth line I think is just around succinctness. How do you say if you are going to say something succinctly as possible? Uh, yeah, and there you go. It's better to I think. Raj, you were going to go on to this. It's better to take a pause, form a thought versus opening your mouth and then talking and searching for the answer while you're just talking. That's where rambling comes in. So take those 10 seconds or five seconds to
17: pause before you talk. I'm laughing. (laughs) I couldn't help but laugh
21: at that. Thank you. Thanks.
0: Awesome. Love it. Delano, how are you? Welcome. Welcome.
21: Hey, how's everybody doing? It's um, Delano. Delano, uh, sorry. Yeah, go thanks ahead. for pulling me up here. Um, I had a. My name is Delano, owner operator of Bandit Chocolates. I make all natural chocolates from scratch. Um, all products are vegan, no cane sugars, no dairy, no chemicals, no BS. Just all natural products um, and ingredients. Uh, my question is, um, how do you go about building a team? I find it hard to trust other people with what I'm doing. I think that it's, I don't know, I I like making all the products myself, uh, putting that positive energy into it and having the intention of developing a product that's going to benefit somebody um, entirely, you know, mind, body, and soul. Um, The goal is to leave the body better off than it was before anybody's consume the product and I don't it's hard to find a lot of people with that specific mindset Um, so how would you go about building a team
0: this is your your show Greg we're all going to hear to support you but uh, many many people including myself want to hear your thoughts because I know you got it on team so
3: did you um, it, it cut out at the end is it how do you build a team is that was that the basic question
21: yeah, how would you how would you go about building a team? Um, just basically finding people that you trust to do things. Well, I guess yeah, finding people to trust to to help out. Like I do my I run my business uh, completely by myself. I make every product, every piece of chocolate. I package everything. I sell everything. Um, everything. I'm out of the kitchen right now. I'm looking to. Um, start building a team so I can start expanding and uh, making the business scalable. So I don't, so it doesn't take so long to make, uh, you know, a handful of batches.
0: Hey Delano, I just one question before uh, Greg answers: Is, is it um, have you had when you say you don't trust? Is it is, have you had experience with uh, hiring other team members in the past, and and then? Uh... Um, they let you down or, or, or just is it new to you and, and that's why you're having a challenge with, uh, with, with, uh, with trying to figure out the right trust for the right person?
21: Um, a, a little bit of both. Uh, this is my first um, legal stab at running a business. Um, I'm a just natural born hustler. Um, I, I get out and I try to get whatever I need to get done and get what I need. Um, I, but I always find myself in positions of helping people, um, but it's not always people are people aren't always willing and able to put forth the effort that I do uh, with the products. Um so that's the what I'm having trouble finding someone who I can feel like I can trust enough to um to, to do what I'm doing and trust enough to um have the same drive to produce the same quality of product.
0: Uh, go ahead, Mike. No, I was just—I um, was going to ask you. I'm, I'm happy to weigh in, but uh, I'd give you the floor first.
3: You—you you kicked it off because you—you—you you off.
0: Well, I do have thoughts around this, and just—and—and—and—and and and, 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 and would be really tactical, but um, I think. Um, when you move from doing it yourself to, uh, to, to kind of the manager or the overseer, uh, the, the, the visionary of the team, the coach of the team, however you want to kind of the manager, you know, the frame it for yourself. I think what's important is to, um, think about the team member first and for them to be able to do a good job. Um, they need to understand exactly what their job description is of what they're supposed to do, instructions or SOPs of what they're supposed to do, uh, KPIs of what success looks like. So, that, that's what that's what the role changes even before you hire that person so my recommendation before finding the person is actually being very clear on what job you need to be done and how do you know if that person does a good job and what it what's the reasonable amount of, of compensation compared to the average or, or above average depending you know in that in that kind of role and then when you're clear on that um, then I think you can go out and network and, and find the people that will fill that uh, um, but if I learned something it was not being clear on those things and then finding the wrong person, um, because I wasn't clear, and then you know, shame on me, and, and I learned that way. So that, that would, that's what I would share with you, Anthony. You want to you want to weigh into that one?
14: Well, yeah, I was just gonna expand on what you said, Mike. Some of those KPIs might be, you know, the production rate per day, and the quality. You know, what is what is um, considered to be, um, you know, disposed of, or what's considered to be, you know, your quality of standard, your your standard of quality, and maybe production output would be a couple of good examples. Um, and uh, I am holding my son. He loves to chew on his fingers. So, hey. Anthony, um, is Anthony Jr. Um, this is your first time on, on Clubhouse. So, <laughs> thank you guys.
0: Delano, was that helpful uh, for you? Or is that
21: Yeah, yeah, very helpful. Um, like I said, I'm new to um, running an actual legal business and doing things properly. And I'm just kind of doing it on my own trial and error. I'm asking a lot of people a lot of questions, uh, doing as much research as I can on my own. Um, But I really love just getting firsthand advice from people who's who's done it. So I I love hopping in these rooms and just um, hearing the stories of what people have accomplished and just trying to see what it takes to get there. um, So that way I can be in a position to guide someone else down the line. Delano?
6: Hey, it's Carla. I just uh, wanted to add um, one thing, if I may. Um, you know, just sort of trying to infer uh, what you're asking here, and it it really feels to me like it's a little bit of a, a situation where, you know, this has been your baby and you've, you know, uh, brought this beautiful baby into the world and you've been taking care of it for a long time and now it's growing up and you have to start to uh, delegate in order to really let the baby grow into the beautiful adult that it can be, right? And, um, you know, it sort of takes a village to do that. And, and so, you know, I think this is a question about learning to delegate. Um, and it's really a question about learning to be a great leader. And, um, and so it, it's a matter of, you know, finding the The right people and and sometimes we're very quick to say that they're not doing a great job. Sometimes they're not. Um, but sometimes it's just a matter of um, you know leading them uh, effectively. and so it's about empowering them, making sure they know you believe in them, uh, not just giving them responsibility, like do this, but also giving them authority, you know, making them feel, like they're, just, they're not just a cog in the wheel, but they're really integral to the success of the vision and that the, the vision is beyond you. You know, it, it, it's not just you anymore. And so, um, you know, I, I would be giving a little bit of thought to that um, and, and just, you know, this sounds to me like you're at a point in your business where it's time to just maybe learn uh, some new uh traits you know some new to, to do your own growing you know with the business and uh, there's no question you can do it because you've built this company so far so it's just another it's sort of the next step in your own evolution as a leader um, so so that's just what I wanted to add to you there but um, I hope that's helpful to you. Uh, yeah very helpful uh, thank
21: you so much.
18: Oh hey Delano Lindsay here I would just add a little bit to that too just plus one in Carla and all the amazing founders here but something that young entrepreneurs have a hard time with sometimes and, and like I don't mean like young like like being ageist or anything but just like kind of new to it or, or like maybe you're even mid-level like it's sometimes if you're really an operator sometimes it doesn't dawn on you like how sales people work or how incentivization works at retail or like middlemen right and like what I, I guess the most valuable lesson I ever learned is that you know you have to learn how margin works and once you do and you realize that there's going to be a lot of people you have to pay in the middle so you have to kind of figure out a way to make whatever you're making at a good price that the consumer feels like it's valuable and that they'll pay for it and then be able to kind of pay all these people in the middle now of course you can cut out middlemen but sometimes there's there's some issues with that right because they might have the distribution chain to a certain grocer or they might have access to a certain trucking company or a certain 70 percent discount with FedEx with refrigerated trucks or you know like whatever but there's always like this sort of reason why they belong with you. And sometimes you do pay for that. And, and it's figuring out how to incentivize those relationships and also knowing when it's good to do that. And also when it's not, and there's different levels of your business that you'll get to where like right now, if you're like an owner operator, you can kind of like make a decent living, probably just like selling this yourself, you know, like doing road shows and selling live at events and getting a little bit of retail and maybe some holiday business. Right but then if you start to have a mid-level company and you've got to hire people you have to figure out how do you pay those people and how do you pay for them and if it's coming out of you know <laughs> kind of like you that's tough if they're not kind of like you know kind of earning their way right and there's a lot of companies and individuals you can work with that are more than happy you know to work on commission or to be in a a joint venture arrangement with you i mean the future of work is changing you know i've built businesses out of thin air in you know in the demo world like in Costco and Sam's Club that have you know, turn into 30, 40, $50 million companies, but it's because we incentivized everyone along the way. And we made sure that even the demonstrator, you know, was making a couple hundred thousand a year, right? It's just selling live. And and I think that that's something as you can economize each person along the way, you'll be very successful. So Lindsay on the horse, done speaking. Back to you, Mike. Thank
0: you. Yeah, thanks Lindsay. Yeah, Delano, I'm, I'm hoping that's, uh, that's giving you some, some, some new thoughts to think about as you're, uh, as you're thinking about expanding the team or setting the team up to uh, to expand the business?
21: Yeah, it definitely has uh, to thank everyone. Thank you guys so much for the information. I'm really excited about what I'm doing and um, the different markets that I'll be able to hit uh, just to be able to help people. Um, the goal with my products is just to be able to allow people to have access to something healthier and still uh, be able to get benefit from it without having to have the guilt. Um, and I just, I don't know. I love what I'm doing. I have vegan products. I haven't done any real marketing, um, yet. It's just been word of mouth. I do a couple, um, vending events at a few, um, conventions, uh, in Northwest Ohio, but just through the word of mouth, I've been doing pretty, pretty good on my own. Um, And I'm just really excited about it. Uh, So definitely thank you guys all for the uh, suggestions and the guidance. Um, I will take a note of everything and I will be putting it to use. Thank you.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. By the
6: way, you're – Oh, I was going to say. By the way, I was just on your website. Your chocolate looks delicious.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say, uh, Delano. I don't. I don't. I don't think it's a coincidence that uh, uh, you know, celebrating Better for You chocolate um, that you came in tonight uh, uh, when you know it's Greg's big uh, Better for You chocolate day too. So uh, I love that kind of stuff, and and my best wishes uh, to you. And if you didn't catch it already. Um, and you want to sign up for the, uh, the toolbox of, uh, of, uh, of files and templates and forms, um, just send Greg or I a, a DM on LinkedIn and we're happy to, uh, to share that with you to help your, uh, your, your, business planning and your business journey.
2: Hey Mike, can okay, I
0: offer,
2: I'm sorry. Can I offer a little suggestion to Delano? Yeah, please. Uh, uh Delano. Um, I, I, one thing I heard you say is that you were, you know, having to make all the chocolate yourself. And I can also relate to, you know, um, when you are a founder and you're starting up and you're kind of doing everything yourself, and then you're trying to run your business and be in your business. And I can understand what that feels like. But I was just thinking, you know, there, I'm also in the restaurant and I'm I'm in a uh, restaurant industry and involved with a lot of chefs and there are a lot of chefs right now looking for side jobs, side work, or who just are still out of work. And I was thinking that maybe um, I might be able to connect you with some chefs who might be able to just help you on a part-time basis, you know, to help you make your chocolate, you know, just to get your batches up and, you know, put in place for you to then go ahead and work on your business. And I'm not really sure if that will help you, but I just thought I would throw it out for you. Thank you for letting me uh, go, Mike. Thanks. Julie. Yeah,
21: that would be Awesome. I'm um, not looking to hire right at this moment, but starting to set plans. I'm learning that um, if you don't plan, you, you plan to fail. Um, and I've, I'm have i a serial entrepreneur, what so I aspire to be. And this business has um, taken my full attention. I've dropped everything else that I was previously studying and working on and just um, just been called to just focus on making these chocolate products. My um, my chocolates are vegan, and the the bulk of my business comes from non vegans, um, oddly enough. And I think I don't I don't like that, um, but I do know that once I do start marketing um, and actually get a, my website up and uh, doing more things off of Instagram, but through the website, um, I know that the traffic is going to pick up. And I'm trying to get myself in a position to be able to handle the flow that's going to come. Because even right now, I'm making them out of my kitchen. I, I do have a, another full-time job. So I'm solely making chocolates primarily on the weekends and then on some nights. Um, so I know once I do start marketing and get the web's actual website up and running, um, I want to be in a position where I can handle what's going to be coming.
0: Great. Well. um you know, thanks for thanks again for coming up. Um, glad that we can uh, provide value and uh, uh, best to, to you as you continue to build the uh, company. Hey, Sasha. How's your day going?
22: Hey, Mike. How's it going? Um, hey, Greg. Thanks so much for your time and wisdom, as always. Um, after every one of these sessions, I can't sleep because I'm so hyped. And I'm always tossing and turning in bed. My wife's like, can you stop moving? So it's going to be one of those nights again. Um, <laughs> Anyways, just for everyone, uh, some background about my snack, I have a rice and chickpea based vegan crisp, which is not only delicious, as I've been told, but very high in fiber and protein nine grams of fiber and five grams of protein per 50 grams. Um, And as you mentioned, Mike, your kids crushed the sample, which made my day that day. Um, So, my question is my snack has grown, or like just purely through Instagram, I operate it on my own and like through word of mouth. Kind of going through second and third degrees of separation. Um, Had about 350 to 400 sales in just purely direct to consumer uh, base, you know, orders from uh, Instagram messaging and my website. Um, And so my question is I'm in the midst of working with a co packer to see if they can replicate my snack uh, at scale. And if that were the case, at what point does one pivot? or try to pivot to retail, um, especially for a new snack that does not have, you know, it's, it's new it's new in shape. It's has an original taste as you know, most 99% of my customers have mentioned that it, they've never had a snack like this before, but you know, it's their new go-to now. So I guess like, how do you, you know, how do you really know when to pivot and then kind of, yeah, more so pivot and like kind of compete with the big players is my question. If that makes sense,
14: I'm
0: I'm just going to give a shout out advertisement because um, I know Arlene wouldn't if she was here. But uh, for Sasha and you know getting to know you a little bit uh, on the product and uh, and kind of what you're what you're trying to do, um, I, I would uh, I would I would put the ad out there that you should highly highly consider uh, the Venture Park Accelerator. I think that uh, I think it would it could teach you a lot from like the whole business planning cycle. Your your product strategy your channel strategy meet some okay. other entrepreneurs meet some investors in the space so if you're not already considering that or you're not aware i would i would definitely uh I would definitely point you uh, there because it's 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 less about competing with the big guys but uh, i would let uh, um you know greg's had a lot of breakthrough kind of products and i think if he's understands your product he could probably give you some uh, advice and maybe some others on the stage too
22: okay
3: thanks mike my, I keep, I keep uh, breaking up here, Mike, Can you, you want to do a brief recap?
0: Yeah, Sasha has a, um, it's a side hustle right now, but uh, he's created a product that's a traditional product and it's, it's a, uh, it's a rice and pulse, uh, crispy snack, um, that has a spice uh, blend in it. And he's done kind of home, uh, home versions or, uh, and, and now looking to, uh, to scale up and actually, uh, launch it as a product and, and just trying to kind of think about the different aspects of the strategy, um, uh, I think is the basis, but Sasha, if you want to just give a one-liner, if there's any, anything specific that uh, you wanted to, Greg to answer.
22: Yeah, you said it. Um, kind of also just, yeah, pretty much the strategy and kind of went to pivot into retail or, um, you know, I've had success from the, on the direct consumer end. So, um, you know, I'm kind of just in that limbo now what to do or, you know, what next steps to take. But as Mike, as you said, I will definitely take a look into that program.
3: Yeah, so
0: yeah, so launch, 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 launch strategy for a crispy uh, snack, Greg, on on uh, you know plant based rice and uh, and pulse uh, snack, which is delicious. So you know, you... my kids, my, you know, Sasha already said it, but but uh, both my kids uh, devoured it and and loved it, and I felt good as a parent feeding it to them.
3: Sasha, are you gonna? Do you have a website yet, or do you have an Instagram?
22: Yeah, actually, my wife and I we created a website in ten hours one night. Um, yeah, so it's actually on my uh, uh, I see it. Yeah, okay. Wait,
3: is there a reason why you're not linking your social on Clubhouse? That's I'm just fine. That.
22: No, it's you know what, that's I gotta figure that out next.
3: It's pretty easy. If you got to account you can link it up and then it'll just make it easier to for people to click and go right to your website. In terms of the channel strategy or like launch strategy, uh, um like this is again my strong point of view is own the internet as much as possible you don't have to go into physical retail right out of the gate you could be buying inventory hopefully you've got like a year shelf life on your item what is your shelf life
22: uh right now it's about three to four months
3: yeah i'd work hard to get that up to minimum six months just so you don't have to worry about spoilage so i think we we talked about before like if you go into the toolbox you'll see a projection model and it's a three-year projection model, but you could just do the first year. And in there, it's got all the key accounts, like where, you, where you'd be available, both online and offline. Uh, it doesn't have Canadian, by the way, uh, retailers in there. But it has places like Amazon. Yet. 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 But, but if you said, all right, I want to get this thing up to a million in revenue, and I want to do that as cheaply as possible, where can I get that volume? Where can I connect effectively with consumers that are into this product uh, in the cheapest way possible? And then, uh, and then, how much inventory should you build? And then, uh, and then, and then, where should you sell it? So there's some of these basic questions, uh, but it does start with the planning and setting a goal, and then answering all those questions I just said, and then hopefully on the just to cut to the chase is. I I would step number one, set a a revenue target and then try and deliver that online as much as possible. Build as little inventory at a time as you can based on the projected demand and uh, and and then finance it with friends and family or some of the credit facilities out there if you have access to that. I think there are grant programs in Canada now, an entrepreneurial program, so you can get grants or get money, free money, hopefully, to help you launch. And then once it gets to a million in revenue, I always say like that's the time really when you've got momentum to quit your day job and make it full time. Hopefully that answers your question.
22: Yeah, that did. Thanks so much, Greg.
0: And another thing on the list because I I, uh, I did put the Canadian uh, natural product VCs in the uh, in the Dropbox love folder um, last night. Uh, but the grants, because there are some good provincial and federal grants in Canada for for startups and uh, and for and for companies that are then you know kind of exporting and doing different marketing agriculture kind of things. So I will throw that together and that will uh, that will be in there. But it did make me think. Uh, um, you know, speaking back to Lauren, maybe I'd, I'd give you a chance to weigh in if you want to, Lauren, because uh, I think your kind of online strategy and as you're thinking about launching and and uh, uh, focused kind of bricks and mortar, maybe that would help. Sasha, too, as he's thinking about it.
15: Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm not sure I caught the first half of it. But, um, yeah, in terms of our strategy, Sasha, we're fully thinking purely D2C to to start. I think that, especially right now, there's no rush to get into retail. Customers are so much more comfortable buying products online. And our uh, thought process on the D2C side as well is, we're really going to create that relationship with the customer. We're going to have their email. We're going to know who they are. We're going to get that direct feedback. We're going to know, you know, what gender, age group, everything we we can find out about them. and, And so we can really hone in on who our customer persona really is. So for us, we're just thinking about online D2C for the first 12 months at least. And, you know, maybe there's some smaller shops we can get into. I I don't know if you know um, Impact Kitchen in Toronto, but we've been chatting with them to try and do something to get into their um, cafes and restaurants and create like a sample with them. So little things here and there, but definitely not big box retail. Um, Sasha, I know you and I have been connecting on LinkedIn and I just got back to you, but always happy to hop on a call and we can kind of, cause we're both very similar stages, happy to chat it out more and just kind of brainstorm. And, and I could give you a little bit more information about what we're thinking and why, and, and we can chat about it more
18: offline as well. Happy to do that.
22: Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks Lauren.
18: I would just encourage you guys too though um as you're leaning into the internet experience and and getting people to give you data there. I would just say a couple of things that are just very important I think to you know any any startup I think especially something that someone has to taste. I just think demo is a really great way to go. I've seen a lot of companies be commercialized this way and again Sams club Costco, they all have uh founder programs you know like for example especially um Costco they're particularly very open to this, and I just I think you would have a very good opportunity to get some early cash flow and Whole Foods does this as well, but I think something that's really neat about it is you know the 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 financial side because usually with Costco you have to wait 30 days, maybe sixty days, you know, but when you're doing consignment, um, it's 14 to twenty one days depending, so you get your money a little faster, and uh, obviously the buyer has direct option to go ahead and take that item and put it on the shelf. And I've found that roadshow programs can do three to four times what the shelf can do. And obviously, you get to kind of hang on to your money faster. As well as QVC and HSN are both doing prepackaged goods. And you can be your own drop shipper um, as long as you can ship within 24 hours. So those are really good options. So if you're interested in any of that stuff and you just want to talk about it or see, you know, because I mean, they'll start you with like a small – you can start with a small order just to see if it works. Obviously, Costco wants you to be able to scale into really big stuff. But if that's what happens, you have people like myself, and I'm sure Mike and many others here that would be interested in helping in some way. So just uh, I would just encourage you to do that. Also, fairs and trade shows are all coming back in the farmer's markets, and you can make a lot of money doing that. you know, And that's cash in your pocket. <laughs> so,
0: Yeah, I just, Sasha, I would just uh, pile on there with like, That whole play of, and and talking about, and I think Greg's words like, own the internet because you can, and you can have so many metrics, and you can understand what your spend is, but like, um, the things, you know, you want to create moments that live in PR uh, or moments that you can share back into your digital funnel online. And, and the best thing to do is is right close to your home, you know, and, and for Lauren, you know, talking about coffee shops and things where, where she can get buzzed in for, for you as well, where you can bring that snack experience and, and, uh, and get some pictures of some shelf displays or some happy retailers or some promotions that you can also then use online because it, it, it's just as much as creating that community uh, and that online community, which you need those digital assets to do that as it is kind of like how much you could sell because you know bricks and mortar is expensive. You don't want to go too wide, but the the uh the the you know the twenty five kilometers around your your house uh and especially if you're you know in Toronto that's uh millions of customers right um
22: and you can you can
0: create some of those moments and then drive that to uh, online.
22: For sure. Thanks Mike yeah I'll definitely um definitely get myself out there more.
14: I'd love to um expand on the uh online Yeah, stuff. yeah go ahead Anthony yeah, I mean, I love that you said that, Greg, because, I mean, that's what I've been doing my whole life is the, is the online piece, um, and I and I did just send Lauren over some, some keyword research, so I, I think it might be beneficial for the audience or just um, anyone getting started in this space, so I think the online equivalent to what Lindsay described of sampling would be a free trial offer, um, but... My approach to putting that out into the world might be slightly different, and I'll tell you what I mean. So the documents that I just sent to Lauren are essentially keyword research. And Google has a tool called Keyword Planner, Well, they'll show you exactly how many people are searching for creamer that's non-dairy, creamer that has MCT, right? Or in the case of Sasha, um, Anything that's, uh, you know, a crisp or vegan-based, chickpea-based, any product that's similar to yours. And we can see how many people are searching per day, per month for your product or your service. You have to think of it at the bottom of the funnel, meaning that they're already raising their hand and saying, I'm interested in buying, right, order vegan crisps online, order non-dairy creamer online. Okay, so they're doing those searches. Now, Google also gives you the CPC data. Essentially, it's the cost per click, how much you have to pay for a click in the search results. That's all driven by supply and demand because it's an auction-based system. So, keywords that have a higher cost per click typically have a higher on-page conversion rate because the more people are willing to pay for a click, that's because they're making money off of that click. You start with the keyword research and you say, okay, a thousand people are searching a month and people are paying $10 per click. All right. Well, that means they're making at least a hundred grand or somewhere in that range, depending on what their margins are. And then you have an idea of like, okay, here's how much I can go after bottom of funnel for my keyword. And then if you set up your Google analytics, correct, you're going to get all that data that Lauren just described demographics, income, interest groups, all the, all the in-market audience, all of the You know the type of operating system they have, screen resolution, their interest, all of that's gonna come through your analytics data if you set it up right. And if you start with your keyword research, look at your competitors and how they've already curated the audience. And it doesn't have to be a direct competitor. It could just be another product that's aligned to your product, that has the same value system or has the same uh, product attributes or benefits. And if you take that curated audience that they've created, now you can piggyback off of their brand, so you can run ads that are aligned with their brand as well. So there's just a few ways to enter into the market in a very um, precise and targeted way, where you spend very little to validate your product, and um, tying it all back to what Lindsay said about the the sampling, the free trial offer, you can use that as a remarketing tool to people who don't convert because the first thing is you want to check if people are willing to pay for your product, okay? The next thing you want to make sure is that how, how often are they going to reorder it? What is the lifetime value of this customer? And I think Mike and Greg are going to just, they're, they're probably all about um, stickiness and reorder value because that's, that's the markers of a high-quality product. So um, if you leverage the free trial offer and you, you use that as an email for card abandonments, or a retargeting audience where you can show people the banner on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or just, um, you know, 18 billion websites that are in the Google remarketing audience, um, remarketing, uh, display. Yeah. But, um, I'm sorry. I got so long winded there. I just got excited. That was like my cue. So thank you, Greg, Mike, back to you guys. Oh,
0: great. Great info shared. Sasha, are you, uh, helpful? Are you full? You got any other, uh, ups or?
14: Oh, no.
22: Um, just, you know, taking all this these golden nuggets and processing. Thanks, Mike. Thanks,
18: Greg. You know, something too that is helpful. Sorry Mike, I just thought of this too, but just with what Anthony was saying, like so I think one thing that's really important with any any product like food or, or not is you know, you have the Google and like Amazon are sort of like this place where you go for things you know. Or, like, Facebook and TikTok are more like the last bastion of curiosity, right? It's sort of like you're flipping through the channels and, like, the next Coca-Cola is coming to you. And it's a guy who's, like, making his sarsaparilla in Alabama. And it's like, whoa, so cool. You know, like, and there's these direct sellers that are just, like, crushing it, you know, on those sites. Because people are, like, in this very emotional place when they're on those those networks, you know, and again, I call them networks and I call them retailers. I think people don't realize that like Facebook and TikTok are really like the largest re- major retailers. They're, they're bigger than Amazon. They're bigger than, than anything. And and the reason is because they have access to data that is very crucial to all retailers, right? So they know exactly, exactly how to dialectically pull your audience, you know, into your own authority, right? Like, and, and that's what's so unique is that, that alchemy that happens. And I, I would, I would t- say to anyone who is, you know, considering launching something to really, you know, to really understand that customer. Again, it goes back to that live interaction. When you can look somebody in the eye and you can see that they'll actually take their credit card out and buy your product. <laughs> you know who they are and what they look like, right? So write it down. That's something that I do all the time. You know, we do a lot of live demos and research and and it's just amazing to really tie those personas because it, it works. Like they're actually just still sitting there on Facebook and TikTok kind of waiting for you. And on top of that, when you do marketing that and and sales type you know, presentations, pitches, uh, almost like a it's entertainment, right? And that's what I find about TikTok and and Facebook. the The type of platformized ads that we use are very different than like our Google ads. They're very different than our DRTV ads. They're, they're, it's 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 made for that audience, right? It connects with that audience, and I think that there's something very powerful there too. One is you get to make all the money as the as the founder, right? So you're driving the traffic to your site. You're getting the data. Sure, you've got to spend some money on advertising, but if you're margins are correct, you'll make some money. But second of all, that media spend is currency, right? It is it is currency to the retailer. It is tangible currency. So when you take that to the retailing staff spent this much on media this week, you know, twenty five hundred, five thousand, ten thousand, me, you know, I spend millions of dollars. I mean, when you take that to a retailer, you're buying the eyeballs, right? And the retailer goes, Wow, you've got the TikTok customer, you've got the Facebook customer, we're giving you shelf space. So like remember that, that those ad dollars are it's money in the bank for you. So I would just say really that's what all the big companies do. That's how they drive things into retail. And if you use kind of a dialectic approach of those multiple, we call it multi-channel distribution, you're much more likely to, to be able to be successful in a full rollout. And that's national you know, in the U.S. and also internationally. You know, We sell to 120 countries, but we do that through distribution partners that kind of know how to sell in those markets, right? And, and there's, a, there's a lot of power in kind of understanding how various categories work you know, worldwide, because there's kind of like certain players in each place. And if you ally yourself with them and sort of the way that they do things and you make your, your strategy work for them. So for example, it's not, this is what my product costs. It's where you need to be. That's one of the most important things I ever learned about working with distributors was I could not just go in and set a price. I needed to understand their market and where they needed to be. And they would tell me, they'd say, Oh, there's three guys. You have to knock yourself off. You're here in Japan. You know, you're over here in Brazil. There's one guy who controls everything, you know, like just had to learn the ways of the world, but when you do, man, it's amazing what you can do. So, and you can be a little guy and do this stuff. You just have to be really smart and sharp, you know? So anyway. thanks
22: Lindsay.
0: Well, Greg Fleischman, I have to tell you, um, you just broke the record for the longest so far natural product founders, helping founders three hours and 20 minutes. I think the first one with midday squares was like three hours and 10. Um, so thank you. And, uh, you know, different format. Cause I thought, now I've realized it kind of takes uh, threefold. One, we want to help natural product founders, which we have been doing and will do more of. We're also um, celebrating you, Greg, because of your uh, big deals happening in your life uh, as of today. Big one announced today, um, obviously. And uh, But the third part of it is I've heard from your friends here on Clubhouse that they haven't heard as much from you in a way that is kind of like intimate, that they get to hear you talk and all the wonderful things that you're saying. So. We got a trifecta of goodness now. Um, I'd circle it back. Uh, Paris, uh, do you uh, it's been a while since we were kind of uh, uh, to you, but um, the stage is yours, my dear.
12: I honestly, it's uh, literally such a privilege. Greg brings out such incredible people as well. It's just been a masterclass between the questions that are asked, the answers in the community. It's incredible. So, I'm just going to bide my time here. Uh I have tons more questions but I would love to know Greg, what product came on the market? Like not something you passed up on, but like something that you were like I wish I had thought of that one or I wish I'd gotten in on that one. I'm curious about that.
3: Oh my god. I think about <laughs> Paris. I think about that stuff all the time. Um there's one Uh, on the market right now gigantic I don't know if you know what I mean like Milky Way kind of Snickers style better for you indulgent candy bar and I love everything about it like healthifying confection I think is awesome brilliant branding everything from that I think the other one was like on foodsters when we had started we were building it out like I wanted to be functional I wanted to use banana flour I wanted to be gluten free and we went in a different direction. We did we did clean plus, uh, you know, indulgent flavors in recognizable formats. And I, 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 re- I regret that a lot. I mean, I, I don't spend my life th- being regretful. I don't think that's constructive at all. But uh, I really wish that we'd gone into that space. Um, that's probably the only one, though, for right now. There's like, I don't know if people have heard of Mudwater, but they do these. Uh, they are just amazing. Go Google them. They've done something killer, and that was an idea that I've had for like a couple of years. Um,
0: a lot of uh, a lot of great mushrooms inside that product, Mud Water. And yeah. hey
18: Mike, Greg, if I was so, if I was doing a cohort in my accelerator, if I said, "Oh, I want to have natural food, young up and comers," what would you guys say would be the the kinds of companies I should look for? Like if I was going to take, I would say
0: and- like someone like uh, Kevin Rutherford from Noon would be uh, someone that you'd want in there. He's he's young, he's an up and comer, even though he's creating massive, massive success.
12: Can I ask another question, Mike? Am I allowed?
0: I thought he was going to bite on that one, but maybe he's... uh, He didn't even care. He doesn't care about the... He's showering off after the trainer or something.
19: (laughs) I just stepped off. I didn't know what to say. <laughs> I appreciate the compliment. Though. I meant
18: like better for your brands or like you have all these snappy little things you guys are saying, like, what are those? Like, tell me what that is.
0: Well, they're just, just different subcategories, right? Like you can have, uh, um, in, in some of the categories it's, it's saying like, instead of natural foods, natural products, industry is the industry, but like, uh, natural products or like better for you products and which, um, um you know, food would be a great example of that. You take, uh, as, as Greg said, you take baking and you make it, you know, just as indulgent, just as tasty, but cleaner label. So it's better for you. Um, and then better for you can be down that whole line, more simple ingredients, uh, you know, maybe, maybe better nutritional profile. Uh, but then from, from there you get into, uh, you know, you can get into specialized categories too, where, you know, allergen, uh, restrictions, uh, of ingredients and, uh, or no sugar products or high protein products. And, um, but those are all sub subcategories in the uh, in the natural product space. Lindsay, you know what that makes me think? Um, you got to visit the uh, Natural Products Expo. I know you're a trade show. You like trade shows, you've, uh, but if you haven't been there before, when it opens back up again uh, in hopefully you know uh, March of 2022, uh, the Natural Products Expo in Anaheim, California, is the everything of anything that's sold in a Whole Foods or any kind of natural food store.
18: Oh yeah, I love that show. Yeah, I've gone. I've gone before. It's great. Well, I mean, I just need to find things that the horse will like, you know, because me and the horse were kind of picky. We don't like the kale. Apples. So like, apples. we or need so. like chocolate covered better for you apples or something.
16: <laughs> so, um, Greg, Mike, and, and Lindsay, um, this is Bernardo. But one of the things that uh, I'm in the process of launching a pet brand uh, that I've been working on product development for quite some time. But the other space that I really, really liked is the mushroom space. And, Greg, I completely agree. I've been looking at mud water. Uh, for uh, for some time and now that you guys are saying like oh that's just such an interesting space I'm like yeah so we should definitely do something because I think that the mushroom space is really interesting I've seen uh, quite a few brands do that and from like community building perspective it's just so interesting from a growth perspective and just like all the things I just feel like it's, it's a it's a space that is, is going to keep growing significantly and that is very very still like untapped uh, and huge growth in terms of uh sort of community and in terms of the the research coming out behind some of these products right so i know mike you were talking about the scientific aspect of things i just feel like it's it's one of those areas where there's going to be so much more research coming out in the next several years and so building building a, a C coming uh, company in that space is just really really appealing
0: yeah a hundred percent i mean my you know Cannabis and mushrooms are two of my favorite things and, and they're both very similar of like, uh, you know, the, uh, the God's gifts, Mother Nature's gifts to this planet where they can be um, uh, fiber, food, medicine, drug, uh, the whole spectrum. And so, uh, but specific to mushrooms. Um, yeah. I've, I'm, I geek out about mushrooms. Bernardo, I've been in mushrooms for the last like three or four years. And, and if you haven't uh, studied Ohm Mushrooms, a uh, um, beautiful company that lives right beside Greg. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm, it's one of my portfolio companies and uh, just as, grows organic mushrooms, but is a great, great direct-to-consumer and brick-and-mortar um, and ingredient uh, uh, supplier. And uh, uh, But uh, I think uh, I'd love to chat with you. And I didn't know how to get in touch with you before because uh, you didn't LinkedIn. I couldn't find you on LinkedIn. I'm not sure if you did, but do you LinkedIn?
16: Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll reach out. Uh, oh, yeah check, let's do that.
0: Let's have a mushroom uh, let's have a mushroom chat, that'll
14: be uh that'll be great. Sweet, let's do it, let's do it. Can I join? I um I have been, I I've been checking out the mushrooms. I've been checking them out. I, I um actually interested in seeing if we can get them into uh Nature Box. So I'd love to talk about that as well. I already spoke with uh John about it, he's interested, so
0: yeah, there's like three or four main suppliers in the U.S. Uh, um, of mushrooms, and uh, yeah, I think that all I think just from my own experience, my health uh, um, lifestyle changes and health experience, I think the 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 products that have efficacy, true efficacy as a functional food, are just going to be more and more in demand. And so, mushrooms are one of those things people think they're weird or they don't know about them at all. But uh, um, I think if you're not taking with the science and the and the white papers and the research that's already been done, just on lion's mane mushroom alone for its cognitive ability if you're not if you care about your brain uh for the whole rest of your life and you're not taking lion's mane mushroom on a regular basis then you're you're not doing yourself the uh, the service so research it and, and check it out but the same thing for cordyceps and reishi and for immune health and and uh you know mushrooms are are amazing and they've been trending now for the last couple of years, uh, three, four, four years, maybe. I think that mushrooms are kind of where hemp was like uh, 10 years ago, but uh, it is going to be Agreed. the uh, future.
16: Agreed. I'm, cool. they, I'll trend.
18: The Zoom call. they trend at my house. I got teepees, ponies. I'm bound for mushrooms anytime. Let's go
14: rave music <laughs> <laughs> she just takes a walk outside and picks them
0: i'm i'm also right porch, well, well i'm uh you know shout out uh, one of one of my portfolio company Lindsay is uh, is good cap pharmaceutical so there's many i think we touched on earlier I wasn't sure if you were in the room but uh you know many companies in canada because it's legal to study uh and research psilocybin uh mushrooms and so um uh, Good Cat Pharmaceutical has one of the three uh, Health Canada licenses to uh, to grow uh, legally psilocybin mushrooms, and 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 we're starting clinical trial research for um, uh, depression, uh, you know, uh, and a number of other kind of ailments that uh, that that microdosing or normal dosing of of mushrooms can uh, can provide some um, lots of future on that one and and it's even miles ahead of where cannabis was because it's legal to, uh, to to study it under cl- clinical trial and for for the first like 15 years of our cannabis legalization in Canada at least anyway uh, we couldn't study it under under cl- clinical trials because it wasn't legal um so um yeah big big fan
18: I love that because that's something I think I mean again I believe 100 percent in that and uh I mean it's fun, too, right? Like, I would love to go to the mushroom school, let me tell you. So if you need somebody, <laughs> let me know. Me and the horse are on the way.
0: I think uh, yeah, we can have a big mushroom discussion.
21: Yeah.
18: Anthony Mike, that's it. It's I was going to say, pressure.
21: Mike,
2: that's on my list to try to get um, lion's mane uh, through the bees to
23: our honey. Yeah,
0: awesome. Well, we have a special guest. Hi, Nicole.
23: Hi, Mike. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. Um you got a question for Greg?
23: Thank you. This is so exciting. Give me a minute. I'm going to think of a good question.
3: <laughs> Thank you, Nicole, for stopping by. For those who don't know, Nicole is Clubhouse journalist. She has her own club, Beyond. So click on her profile, follow her, and then follow her club. She curates the best rooms. All these great authors. She just did, uh, the, I think, the biggest room of the week. Uh, with Chris Voss uh, last night, that was spectacular. Got awesome. a lot of good stuff coming up. So. Thanks, Greg. Thank Nicole,
23: you,
2: Nicole. That was one of my very first rooms I was ever in on my first day in Clubhouse. Was your room with Chris Voss back in February, and I could not, could not put the phone down. It was amazing.
23: Oh my god! Thank you. Yeah, that is my favorite room to host for sure.
12: Nicole, I have a question. Have you ever used any of Chris Voss's negotiation tactics on Greg?
23: All the time. <laughs> um, the, the reason that we have a relationship is because of Chris Voss. He actually mediates our discussions all the time, and, <laughs> and our and our relationship is stronger because of it. I'm totally kidding, by the way.
12: I realize. I, I
0: loved it. I mean, that was a great <laughs> talk last night. Uh, never split the difference is <laughs> is one of the. Uh, I think from as an entrepreneur. As a, as a parent, um, those are some of the, I, I just read that like in the last five months or something and, uh, changed my, uh, changed my approach with my kids anyway, but I think others as well. So thanks. Yeah, for, for it's, time.
23: it really does. It really does change. Uh, it, it helps you communicate in ways that, uh, no one else has taught me. So he's truly amazing, but I do actually have a question for Greg and, it's what What do you like the most about being in the natural products industry?
3: Well, that's a great question. Nobody's asked that so far. The uh, well, when you're in the natural products industry, the, the goal here is everything you make and put out is meant to heal the planet and her people. So I just like doing that. I mean, I don't want to work on it for Marlboro or some alcohol company that's using chemicals, I would like to work on businesses and with companies and with people that want to make the world better. So get to do that through the natural products industry. And then uh, hopefully at the end of my career, I can look back and be like, I I wasn't ruining the planet or making people unhealthy. So I I feel very fortunate and blessed to get to do what I do every day. I just am so grateful for it. And um, thank you for asking your question, Nicole. I also love all the people in the industry. I mean, Mike has been a hero of mine from day one. What he, His whole personal story and how he got into creating Manitoba Harvest and then having a $500 million exit is just so huge and, and worth aspiration and, and modeling. So uh, it's so awesome when you get to work in industry too where the people are very inspiring. Um, so... That's my answer. I could keep going, Nicole. Should I keep going? I mean, you're the expert. Should we get Chris in here?
23: So uh, the thing about Clubhouse is you want to talk in sound bites, job, and you ended uh, you ended in a very timely fashion, and you provided value.
3: How was the dopamine? Like ten out of ten, or no?
23: It hit. I'm inspired. Uh, I think I want to. I, I want to go into natural products uh, as well, so that I can feel good about myself you know, when I leave this earth better than I found it.
3: Amazing.
0: Yeah. I love that. Well, thanks for the, uh, thanks for the props, Greg, you know, it's, um, I've, uh, I've worked myself up over the years of like, um, thinking like, Hey, I can be proud about talking about, um, uh, selling our business for $500 million. Um, in a form of confidence instead of arrogance, because, you know, I started as a high school dropout, you know, I've changed my whole life. Uh, I've devoted to like servant leadership and giving back. And so I feel like I deserve it. And I think that everybody deserves it. And so I'm not afraid to put it out there. Um, and uh, uh, yeah. So I appreciate all the uh, the support around that.
18: I mean, I think this is like such a great, a great um, thing for venture Park having this natural product founders helping founders night. If you guys had really enjoyed this, make sure you guys are following our club, the Venture Park Club, and make sure you're pulling on the face of all these amazing mods. Appear like Mike and Greg and Paris and Anthony and Bernardo and Nicole and James and, and many of the other founders that are on stage too. So you can find out when that awesome content's going live, like the bell. If you don't hit the bell, you won't know when we just kind of magically go live, which I think is some of the beauty of Clubhouse. Just kind of that that moment in time where you you have that feeling like you want to say something, and, and then the be- the right people are in the room at the right time. Isn't that cool? I love it.
14: Oh, lovely. love you. We love you, Lindsay. Uh, I do at least.
18: Everyone up here better love me, otherwise. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love you guys. You're all awesome,
14: Mike. I'm about to order the uh, the old mushrooms. Just out of, um, do you recommend the master blend? Um, should I go with powder or capsule?
0: Those are great questions, Anthony. I uh, I'm, well, I'm fortunate that I have the whole gamut, but I would say I take Lion's Mane on the on the regular, and then I and then I cycle uh, sessions of of the Master Blank because it's got the top ten functional mushrooms. And um, I have I have both. Like we we make uh, mushroom brownies and cookies and other treats that the family loves and gets their two grams of functional dose of mushrooms a day. But yeah, the the, uh, the capsules are super easy, and I have those.
14: Well, Now, I'm going to get both. I'm going to get the Lion's Mane and the um, Master Blend. So,
0: I think if you use the code FATAFAMILY, um, I believe it'll give you 25% off.
14: I appreciate it.
0: Well, this is wonderful. You know, um, three hours and a half of Natural Product Founders helping founders. This is the uh, 14th weekly session. This is the first time that it is under the Venture Park Club, and it will be. Um, uh, uh, going forward, which if you don't know about the venture park club, um, uh, founded by Arlene Dickinson and co-founded by a, a number of the wonderful people you see on stage, um, really about helping CPG entrepreneurs, um, right from their business pitch concept right through to profitability and, and beyond. Um, and I'm hoping if you, this was the first time listening in that you got a little taste of that, um, both from a knowledge Uh, toolbox and sharing uh, investment uh, and and a whole bunch of things uh, is, is what we believe we can do and, uh, and make that difference. So, um, Greg, how are you feeling? You've been, uh, you've had a long day, exciting day. You've talked a lot. You put your clubhouse hours in.
3: I haven't talked enough. I feel like, no, uh, I'm feeling good. I I'm just so appreciative of everybody here. And thank you Mike for creating the space. Uh, it means a lot and I, I just loved everybody who came through and hopefully we shared some wisdom that will uh will help people um, but everybody on the stage thank you thanks for being in my world it uh i feel i feel so lucky bernardo i mean it's just it's been so great getting to know you and uh, the way you run rooms is just spectacular i mean you you are curious you're open you're very inclusive and i just love it so much so thank you for that and uh, Raj, thank you for all that you do. You'd be such a positive uh, energy everywhere. And, uh, I, you know, you drop in these great gems all the time. And, and James, of course, has also created a good space for founders to help founders. And then, uh, and then I'm, I won't keep going on everybody except Lindsay has challenged me in so many ways ever since getting to know her, the way she thinks and the way she looks at life has really given me new ideas and uh, I think helped me elevate my game. So I, I'm very thankful for that. And then Paris has been the glue that has held our little tribe together. Um, it's been absolutely amazing. Her spirit, her generosity, and her wisdom has, has helped us all. Anthony, just still getting to know you. And then Jolene is a member of our tribe. I feel like, Jolene, didn't we meet two months ago? You I, I met was, you right?
2: I met you, yeah. You and James in a, in a room, just a random room that you guys were just hanging out in like a week, like three days into my first week on Clubhouse and it was it was still it still is the best room I was ever in. Just we just were chatting. We're I, I didn't even know who you were. We were just talking.
3: It's been great watching you did couple didn't, months. Didn't I ping
11: you into the room, Greg, just to meet? I was like, You gotta like hear Jolene's story.
2: <laughs> I think you did.
11: Yeah. And I was like, Greg, come. No, I was like texting you. I was like, she's got something cool. <laughs> I am. And, and, looking Anthony, Anthony, Anthony will be forever branded the, the man in the shower.
18: Thank you, Greg. And Lauren. Lauren's up and coming. It's come cool on. to see her here all the time. I love it.
0: Lauren, we're going to be you got to tell us when uh, when we can all buy our bag of buzzed when it's official that when when the uh, when the Kickstarter or the pre order or the sales launch, because, you know, uh, I think you got some some customers.
15: I just hope that we can all meet up one day because I feel like we've just created such a fun little community on here. And, um, yeah, I just I just want to meet up with everyone one day. It would just be awesome.
0: Yeah, well, you live in the uh, you you live in the second center of the universe. Center of the universe is Winnipeg, Manitoba. Second center, I think, is by Toronto, Montreal, where you you know the, oh, that eastern coast of Canada thing, or maybe it's LA. I don't know, but I'm sure that uh, um, we are going to meet up. Um, that's the wonderful thing about to kind of setting the stage and on Clubhouse. That's
11: Mike, what I was going to ask Mike. Oh, sorry, I was wondering if Lauren is in Toronto or Chemloops? <laughs> uh
0: no, she's she's gonna. Uh, the last I heard, she was going to stay in Toronto and, like, rock the uh, launch. But, Lauren, any change to that? Or
15: I'm going to stay in Toronto, but uh, Kelowna has my heart. So I, I love to get back to the mountains as much as I can. But going to stay in Toronto for now. I think it's better for the
12: business. Mike, can I just say something about Lauren? Do you mind? Go ahead. I just want to encourage everyone, I know we mentioned to follow people, you know, on stage, mods, but I just want to highlight Lauren. And if you haven't checked out her socials, she is so active on platforms, but not just in terms of promotion, in terms of sharing. Like if you are on the founder's journey or on a startup journey, her account is actually showcasing the, the process like from behind the scenes on building the product like if you look back on, on everything she's done to being on the Dragon Den competition that we had in the pitch room and just filming the behind the scenes and also she's now sharing the information that got her where she is and offering advice to other founders on the startup journey and I just find it really really inspirational and I just wanted to take a moment to highlight that as well in addition to her product and what she's creating she's also really paying it forward. So just wanted to highlight that. Thanks, Mike.
0: Yeah, thanks so much, uh, Paris. Thank you. Hey, another special guest dropping in on a special, special night. uh, Just to set the stage here. Welcome, Leah. We're in Natural Products Founders, helping founders. um, Got Greg Fleischman from... Uh, a number of natural product companies, but today we're celebrating Lily Sweets, which Greg announced a big deal, and so I feel f- so fortunate that uh, I get to host him and help some other natural product founders just by giving back and sharing stories. Um, Leah, we've been uh, asking questions of Greg. Welcome to the stage. Thanks for uh, thanks for dropping in. Uh, how are you? And uh, and do you have a question for Greg?
24: Hey, I'm great. Yes, I do have a question for Greg. Hi, Greg. This is Leah Lamar, also one of your business partners, just here wondering how you're going to celebrate.
3: Uh, uh, which thing? Today's yeah. thing? <laughs> oh, my <God. laughs> the, uh, when, oh, my God. Greg is going to celebrate with micheladas. Right? Yeah. Greg, with the I, micheladas. I, I, that's what I'm going to do. That's what Donuts. I'm going to do. I'm going to do michelada. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, but this one I'm not really celebrating. I think it's back to work and... Uh, people there's still a lot of transitional stuff that needs to happen so uh, there's this great meme out right now I never celebrate too early I just don't think the times that I appreciate Mike doing all this but to answer your question Leah I am uh, I think I'm going to order a lot of food and eat it from this burger place I love in LA that's going to be my celebration
24: sounds delicious
3: everybody follow Leah and her club hot on the mic it's the uh, if you want to laugh and have a good time
24: Thanks. did Greg. I do it right Leah? Yeah, you killed it. And also, you if want,
3: you... Uh, sorry, what were you saying, Greg? Do you want to promote it yourself? I suck at that.
24: No, I think you did a great job. Uh, if you just click on my profile, and if you're in Los Angeles, you could see a couple of show dates that I have IRL, if you're interested in connecting in person. Um, mostly Los Angeles, but I've got some Austin dates this weekend. If you're in Texas... And then uh, following weekend in um, Florida, I'm about to add that to my schedule. And then following weekend in New York. So if you want to stalk me, you know, please don't. But if you want to hear comedy, please do. Thank you.
18: I want to go. Wait, where's the comedy in L.A. And I I want to I want to do the club. How do you oh, How do maybe? I share your okay. club?
24: Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, so if you um, click on my profile and you see the full profile, you'll see I have a bunch of Los Angeles show dates. So you could come to any of those. And um, if you DM me, I could send you a ticket link if you have a specific show you'd like to come see. And then if you want to hear the club online, I host live shows on this app every single day. Oive. Um, and I have the third icon down below my clubs. It says hot on the mic. And you can just follow that club and it can make you a member. It's very fun. I do shows on it every single day. And we're actually going to do a Hot on the Mic live soon, which
11: is very exciting. Yay. I, I, I just want away. to know, Leah, how, I want to know how the puppy's doing.
24: Um, James, if we're honest, I did just go for a walk, and when I came home, he was sweet for three seconds, and then he was teething, uh, and I was laughing hysterically because I could not get him off of my leg. And he is the only person that has been around my body in so long that I was welcoming it.
3: Um, Arlene's here, Leah Have you met Arlene yet?
24: Arlene, I don't think we've met Hello, so nice to connect Nice to meet you, Leah I've heard wonderful things about you Congratulations also on creating Venture Park And so nice to see you IRL on this app
20: Thank you I uh, have heard equally wonderful things about you So awesome to meet you Greg speaks really highly of you So um, friend of Greg's, friend of mine
0: Leah, are you uh, following the Venture Park Club? Do you know how to do that? It's a little greenhouse at the, at the top, just launched oh, this I'm, week. I'm
24: already, I'm already a member. Sorry, Mike, <laughs> yes, to beat yeah. you to it. but
0: Awesome. I didn't mean we, following. Actually... I didn't mean following. That was a wrong terminology. Member. everyone's, it's an inclusive club, you know, it's there to help everybody.
24: Yeah, yeah. I started following it immediately the second I saw it pop up. I mean, if when Greg says jump, I say how high. I don't even think he invited me. I think I just saw it and stalked Greg, and then I just started. Or maybe Arlene maybe invited me. But anyway, I, if you're not already a member or following the club, not sure what you're doing, but get over there. Just hit that little green house above Mike's head. Join Venture Park.
18: Wow! Awesome.
17: Sweet. Um, hey, Greg. Uh, I have a very quick question for Greg. What's the typeface that you use, Greg, And your name, if you don't mind?
3: It's, uh, I think, Futurama is what it is. I copied thank it you. from somebody else. Thank you. Um, he does not so stood. nobody can find him. Um, yeah, that's it. The uh, Thank you, Leah. And are we shutting it down, Mike? It end on a high note?
0: Yeah, well it's uh it's your it's your show and i have to say you already ended on a high note there was a lot shared uh, and uh we we set the guinness book of world records for natural product founders helping founders because it's now three hours and 48 minutes which our longest show was you know a half an hour or more less than this so you've done a great job my friend lots of information shared um anyone that's in the audience uh how would they follow up with you and get your toolbox of magic dreams greg
3: just DM me your uh, email address and we'll add you to the magic toolbox.
20: Wait, wow. you have a toolbox of magic dreams? Like, like, <laughs> how, how, do, how does one get one of these magic boxes?
3: All it is, Arlene, is there's only one page in there and it's basically just a, a list of all of your books. <laughs> yeah,
20: that's, yeah, that's magic right there. I thought it was like going to be like, other stuff that we couldn't talk about in clubhouse but maybe
0: not making entrepreneur's (laughs) dreams come true one at a time thank you for listening to the founder to mentor podcast i hope you enjoyed this episode be sure to check out the links and resources in the show notes you can help the show please by subscribing and leaving a positive review as always feel free to get in touch with me on social at mike Fada. that's
18: it for now see you next time